0: Brightly shine so oh.
1: Tradition.
2: It is seven minutes and fifteen seconds after the hour of eleven, and this is the month of December. Year of our Lord two thousand and eight. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM nine seventy. The talker. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, it is Monday, December 1st. Uh, we are live and back and rejuvenated and revitalized and revivified and all of those things. Uh, why, hello. It's 503-733-2970 if you would like to join us today. And I know you would. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. If you'd like to uh, get on board with your comments, questions, clarifications, uh, ruminations, kvetches, kvetches, whatever it is you have. 503 733 970, Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, or the absurd. It's 503 uh, 733 I agonized over what Christmas song to play today, but we decided to go forward with that one.
3: That we... was a fine decision. It, it sure was. I'm saying We've made it part of our tradition.
2: We've made it part of every year's holiday celebration. All
3: right. So we're officially in the Christmas season now that we get Thanksgiving over. That's exactly right, Tim. Thats a good. we are we have now plunged into Christmas and here's how you know a uh, we just what's that
2: Tramplings <laughs> yes oh the tramplings did you see we're getting ahead of ourselves now but did you see that video of the uh, of the adults like in a huge dog pile fighting it out for the final Xbox at that store? Oh man, I don't know if it was a toys R us maybe I just think everything happened at to the toys R us. There was I think either a shooting or a beating at a toys R Us. I think it's in the joy of Christmas pile over there.
1: Yes, uh, let's see.
3: Tramplings, shootings.
2: All right, there you go. I think it's a shooting. California. So there's so there the trampling at a Walmart. A shoot, shooting. I shouldn't be laughing while I say it. A shooting at a Toys R Us. Well, you're trying to keep your Christmas spirit.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. You'll be celebrating Christmas in jail, George Bailey. Uh, you know, so we got a trampling, a shooting, and then I was, on, I was watching uh, Yahoo News. Last night, where they were just you know sort of the recap of the holiday uh, festivities of the last few days, and I don't know if it was like a security camera or if it was just like some some HUD type guy that was just there with a the camera filming everything, but I swear to God it was like like 15 adults going at it just hammer and tongs, punching each other in the face on the ground at a toy store, fighting over the last Xbox. It all was so the really. I, it, was, no, it was great. It was just the way Jesus would want it. So
3: peace on earth. That's right,
2: and a good eye gouge for all. Uh, I want it. Wham! Right there, fist in the face. Anyway, so there you go. So you can tell it's the holiday season because we began with a uh, we began with a Christmas song. We have the joy of Christmas coming up later on today, and uh, and all of that. All right, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson Rick at rickemerson uh, Sarah at AM, Tim at AM, or Richie with a T at 970.am. Uh, coming up today, CNN Radio course, finally, Lisa Desjardins will join us because I guess it's no longer in the pipeline. I guess it's, the th- I mean, it hadn't officially happened, but I guess, is Obama, he has named Hillary Clinton or he's going to it today? Or...
3: It, it is official. All right,
2: so he's done it. So he's.
3: The he named can... a whole bunch of people today.
2: All right. Does she have to be confirmed? Or does he just go like, and it's it's you, and then she's yeah, then she moves the in. holy
3: water over over her head. <laughs>
2: exactly, brands her, brands her hindquarters. The rocking O Ranch. Uh, Steve Kastenbaum will join us today from uh, New York City. Wait, hold on. Why? Wait, wait. Economy. It's not about the economy. That's Nobody weird. can
3: hurt by a balloon.
2: This is like the. No, and he's not talking about the Macy thing, and for the first time in, like, four months, he's not talking about the, the stupid, imploding uh, the financial system. No, he's talking about that, that thing in India, mm. where there was just, like, no... I mean, there was just no, no facts, news for the longest time no about that. Anyway, so um, anyway, so there was this, there was this attack uh, that happened in India. But as you said, Tim, if you watched the news all weekend, there was just a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, you, The news would basically go, Kent Brockman here, there's chaos! And then that would just be it. So... All right. Well, Steve, we'll talk about that. Let's see what else is coming up today. Uh, We have a double joy of Christmas today. It's very exciting. Not just one. See, and I was... I didn't even want to hope There never is just
4: one. You know that. That's
2: the thing. They come in clusters, but I didn't think we'd get it this early. I thought we'd have to wait like a good week. Uh, for the first sort of maiming or other serious injury. Well,
4: it's so crazy because because Thanksgiving was so late, so the is starting early. That's because true. Christmas is you know only twenty four days away. No no no,
2: that's a good point. That's a really good point. Yes. I heard. I don't even know who this was. I was upstairs earlier and I heard somebody. It's like in my office. I you know you can kind of hear voices drift down the hallway from other offices and cubicles and whatever. I don't know who it was that said this. Somebody upstairs was talking about the trampling and they said, "Well, it's a good sign. The economy is on the rebound. People couldn't wait to spend money." Um... So let's see, uh, what else? Double Geek Watch coming up today. Uh, we will be giving away tickets to Rochelle Crystal and the Lips Cabaret, that is Richie's drag show, which is going to be happening December 13th. Uh, tickets uh, uh, on sale now, at Taboo Video proceeds to benefit the. Uh, proceeds to. Uh, when you accent the wrong syllable, it sounds like it goes on to. It goes on to benefit, proceeds to benefit Martha's Pantry and the Metropolitan Community Church. Um, I should let my in-laws know I'm doing something to support uh, God. Yes. Uh, we'll be doing transvestite trivia later on today for that. So transvestite trivia. That's a better God anyway. <laughs> the transvestite God. <laughs> it's not Jesus. It's Giselle. Um, anyway, uh, so transvestite trivia for Richie Bristol's uh, drag show tickets and uh, so forth and uh, whatnot. 503-7332-970. Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification on this Monday.
3: So Hillary Clinton is named Secretary of State. Bam! Robert Gates remains Defense Secretary. Obama's looking for an Iraqi pullout within 16 months. A Hillsboro man is charged with stealing exotic pets and trying to sell them on Craigslist. Three are jail following a holiday kidnapping attempt in Longview. A luxury ship overruns pirates. Pirates are on the loose everywhere. A man shoots his sister's boyfriend with an arrow. Well, okay. And there, there you go. And God bless us, Champions everyone. Beatings and whatnot.
2: Really? It's just, yeah, so I, I thought we would have to wait maybe like another four, five, six days before everybody, you know, started to amp up into their weird holiday insanity. But as Sarah pointed out, it really is Thanksgiving did come kind of late this year. Mm-hmm. So it seems like everybody was sort of ramping all the way into the madness early on. Good times. I didn't go to the mall on uh, Friday, although I was tempted to. I was kind of tempted to go to the yeah, mall. I know
4: that you love that madness, especially well, at the Lloyd Center. Just because it's so
2: awful. Like, it, you know what I mean? It's, it is it is great and terrible all at once. Like, it is such... And I think that's the thing is, like, to, to their credit, sort of the retail industry in this country, they've done a really good job of making people think that's a thing you have to do. I mean, it's sort of like Valentine's Day, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they've just sort of created this thing out of nowhere, like they've just pulled it out of some orifice, and then they've managed to convince you that you're supposed to do it, like this completely fabricated holiday. So the day after Thanksgiving being the biggest shopping day of the year, I mean, I think we all know that that wasn't the case until they just started saying it was the case. Mm-hmm. No, 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 it's the biggest shopping day of the year. And everybody said, well, Martha, get the truck. We've Let's go do some spending. And now a thing you have to do. And it is just so horrible on every level. I mean, it's like Dawn of the Dead, but with Christmas music. And so I almost feel like I gotta go as a good American and as a good, you know, and as a sort of observer of the popular culture. And I, but then I just slept in. I didn't. But I went on Saturday. I went to the mall on Saturday, which was not nearly as bad as I was hoping for. I mean, it was really, maybe everybody went on Friday and they it kind of got out of their system. Because on Saturday it was very relaxed. The mall in
4: Bremerton too. There were hardly um, there were like half the amount of cars that I expected in the parking lot.
2: Now was that just the case across the board? you think was spending down this year? Was the holiday? I think so. Dim Black Friday. Was it uh, more of like a gray? I, I think it was more of a window shopping day than actual buying. Day. It's funny you say that, actually, because I was at the mall on Saturday, and I actually did walk by two different groups of girls. And at, you, know, you walk by and you catch a little piece of a conversation, and both of them actually said, both groups of girls said, well, we're j-, they were on the phone, both of them, talking to other people, and they were like, well, we're just here doing some window shopping. Right. so
3: People were just walking around like
2: homeless cattle. Exactly, Tim. Not really buying anything. Um, and in fact, I don't think I bought anything at the mall. And uh, Lauren and I went to the mall. We went to Starbucks because you know you have to. So I think we went to Starbucks and bought something. But I, I was just there to exchange some crap. Uh, I did this whole. Not that anybody cares about this, but I was buying a bunch of boxer shorts. Did I tell you this story? And then I just well, they're sort of bracketed out by size. And I found some that I liked. That I'm like, okay, I'll take ten pair. You know, then I have to come back for six months, or whatever. And then I got them home, and I realized that only the pair of boxer shorts in front was my size, and the other nine were extra large. Mm. So I got home with like these huge like pantaloons. Uh, so I had to take those back. I don't think I spent any money at the mall. See, now I feel guilty. Now I feel guilty for the inevitable the, the implosion of the American financial system. It's my fault. All right. We're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Extillan. Hello. How are you today? Hello. I was Bremerton?
4: Oh, it was just fabulous. I made it through. I told my mom, although I had to wait until... When did I wait until... Uh, Saturday afternoon. About the
2: tattoos. That About you the tattoos. Now, didn't she see them before then? No. Did you wear wristbands again? Please tell me you did.
4: No, but I wore long sleeve. Yeah, I wore like very super extreme long sleeve shirts that you couldn't see them.
2: So your mom. So we had this whole discussion on Wednesday. Your mom does not approve of tattoos, and then you and your sister Heather each got two tattoos one on the inside of each wrist i feel wrist.
4: so much i feel so much freer now now She's that i feel I like can talk about it cuz i was always afraid like somebody might be driving through town who knows her and they would tell her but you know now she knows or she'll figure out how
2: life. to how to click on the listen live button on the net
4: yeah no no she'll never do that that's what i love about my mom she she has no interest in looking <laughs> to her show excellent thanks yeah.
2: Uh, so, okay, so how did you do it? How did you break the news?
4: I sat her down at a table, and I'm like, you know what? It's now we're never going to out of the shower, and I'm just like, I've just got to do this because we already had, like, a fun day. We went out to lunch and stuff, and I'm just like, we already had a lot of fun. I'm like, I'm just going to do it and ruin this time. So she was sitting at the table reading a paper, and I'm just like, you know, Mom, I'm like, I have something I need to talk to you about. Wow. And she's like, she's like, okay. And she kind of had this worried look. And I just told totally, her totally like,
2: because that's like pregnancy, drug abuse. Totally. And yeah. I'm
4: just like, well, you know, when I visited Heather in, you know, New York in September, and she's like, yes. I'm like, well, you know how much Heather and I really love each other, and she's like my best friend, and we wanted to get something to kind of commem- commemorate. I oh, see, even though I'm crazy. I know now. it was so bad. It was so bad. And I just, just so it was like shorter than I expected. She's like, what did you do? I'm like, we got tattoos. And she's like you know, where are they? And I, like, flipped over my wrist and she looked at him. She's like, oh, my God, you girls. She's like, if you, if you miss each other so much, why don't you get a goddamn locket or look at a picture of each other? What do you have the honey? And she was mad for exactly five minutes. And then she was over it. Really? And it was never mentioned again. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And I and I was able to, like, walk about the house freely with my short sleeve shirt on. Uh, unashamed. Unashamed. So how
2: do you feel like... uh
4: and we had a fun night of, like, wee bowling and wine drinking. It was now, very fun. Now, does Heather
2: still have the anger coming, or have you absorbed it for both sisters? I absorbed it. Oh, you've taken the... it. Now, Heather owes you. An,
4: uh, she does. It was an awful five minutes. So yeah. I, I just felt so bad. Almost... I'm
2: so disappointed.
4: I know. But it was I'm not bad. mad. She's like, I don't even want to look at them. Yeah. I can't even look at you. I'm like, oh, my God. See. By the way, the car you gave me is now full of rats. Yeah, <laughs> totally.
2: Yeah, well, oh, okay.
4: my parents yeah and I did actually end up getting a new car. Okay.
2: Not well a, a different car, a, a different, replacement. Not
4: car. a yeah, not a new one, but it's a hand-me-down from my pops cuz they ended up getting a um they actually contributed to the economy and they bought a um 2009 Honda Accord. Cool. And then, so my dad doesn't need his little uh, his little Ford anymore. So. so the
2: family car has been given to you.
4: Yes, so I got yet another Ford.
2: You got like a great hand-me-down system going with your family. Seriously, is, <laughs> is Heather irritated that she doesn't get any of these cars? They all go right to you.
4: Oh, Heather lives in New York. She's fine. Oh, that's true. I don't think
2: she'd want to go. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. All
4: right, excellent. So now I have to figure out what to do with the Taurus, my my Ratfield
2: Taurus. Oh no, here's I totally got it. Here's what you do. Uh, well, what is it? December. Mm-hmm. So
4: December 1st. Cause first. Because it runs really well. It's just it's missing a side mirror and has a family of mice living in it. <laughs>
2: So, well, when, I forget, it's been so long since high school. When do they do the switchover of classes? Like halfway through the year or something? Like driver's ed is what I'm talking about. Because that's not a whole year. That's like six months. I think months. semester
4: starts in January.
2: Here's the deal, though. You sell it. What you do is you find kids who are just getting ready to graduate driver's ed or who have just graduated driver's ed. Those kids will buy anything. When you're a teenager and you've just passed driver's ed and you're about to get your license, you don't, you don't remember being, teen, you don't mm-hmm. care. You don't, the car could be on fire. You don't care. You want your own car and it doesn't matter what a piece it is.
4: I honestly love my Taurus. It's fun. It's like this huge giant boat and it has blue interior. I mean, what cars have, you know, bright blue totally. interior anymore?
2: But you turn the key and it runs, right? Yeah, it, it
4: runs every time. Every time. And it has, yeah, it has all. All the amenities that I need. That's all that matters.
2: I mean, it's hard to remember back to high school, but if you do, you remember that... I mean, there were cars that were just falling apart, held together with duct tape. I leaf. remember
4: my friend Desiree's car could only... <laughs> it couldn't go in reverse. Yeah. So we'd have to, like, push it out of the parking spot every day. But you didn't but care. It the, but it was the greatest car. It's a mind. car.
2: It's freedom. It's yep. a car. So that's the deal. You find a kid who has just finished driver's ed, and you, you, you figure out the maximum you can probably get them to pay. Like five hundred bucks, probably.
4: Yeah, that's. A, I wouldn't charge more than five hundred bucks. Yeah.
2: And you go, look, uh, you know, it's not great. It runs. You turn the key and it'll take you where you want to go. And y- y- I'll guarantee you'll find some kid who will buy that from you, hands down. Like you probably. I'm st- gonna try
4: and do it for the holidays. Cause I need some money. seriously I,
2: I'd be, uh, you know, you put that on the uh, the Craigslist or whatever, and be like, you know, and and I would market it just that way. Go, it, you know, uh, you know, it, you, you, you turn the key, it operates, no major problems. You know, it works. Except for when bucks. you
4: turn on the lights, the clock stops. That's about it. Okay. I got it down to that. At least uh-huh. the windshield wipers don't stop when you turn on your blinkers now. You
2: should actually put that in, though. That's an amusing, you know, detail. Yes. You turn the light, the clock quits running. It quits running. LOL. It's
4: so weird because it stops at the exact time that that I turn on the lights and then restarts when I turn off the lights that's
2: at weird. that time.
4: It doesn't make any sense. Yeah,
2: no, that's how you sell that. You're the idiot high schoolers. So, okay. You can sell anything to gullible teenagers.
4: All right. Fingers crossed.
2: All right. Uh, let's see. All but right. Yes,
4: how was your Thanksgiving? Did you come in here like a crazy person?
2: Uh, not on Thanksgiving. Wait, or did I? Did I come in on Thanksgiving? I know mean, we weren't on the air, obviously. I'm trying to remember if I came to work on Thanksgiving or not. Oh, yeah, I did for just a little bit, though. Uh, just a little bit, because uh, so we should back up. So I don't even know. There's all this crap to talk about. So I'll just go chronologically. So um, I should say that after last Wednesday's show, we spent endless amounts of time for some reason. I don't know why we started talking about Catholicism, but we were talking about never eating meat on Fridays and... You know, Meatless Friday. Oh,
0: did you eat
4: fish F- fillet?
2: Dude, did I ever. <laughs> on the way home, I went to McDonald's. I bought three. I bought three filet-o-fish sandwiches at McDonald's. I ate every one of them. Good. And fries. Oh, they were fantastic. Uh, here's what I did, just, uh, for, you know, dorks in the house. In case you ever feel like maybe your life isn't that exciting, or you feel like I had to be doing more with my social time, or I should be drinking champagne from the slippers of chorus girls, and instead I'm just sitting around eating. Here's what I did on Wednesday. And this is with my wife still out of town, by the way. She was still gone on Wednesday. You know, swinging like you know, bachelor guy around town, be doing anything I wanted. Gonna be out uh, living the high life, as they say. You know what I did on Wednesday? We got done with it. Got done early. Got done with the show. I got in my car. I drove to McDonald's. I bought three filet o fish sandwiches and a big ass thing of fries and a Dr Pepper, by the way. And the thing about that, you know, that meal is here's the thing about McDonald's. It's always so much cheaper to get the whole meal, but then I'm buying a soda that I don't want because I don't drink soda. And so the soda is always kind of an annoyance to me. Mm. I always want to say, like, look, I'll buy it, but give you it should to have charity.
0: Purchased
4: orange drink.
2: See, but I don't, but sweet drinks, like Viso, that's why Viso is such an exception because it's not really a soda. It's like a juice. But soda, you know, like soda pop, like I'm not, I'm not with that. And so I always want to, like, give it to children. Like, no, 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 give it to the poor. But, so I go to McDonald's on Wednesday. This, this, this is my big, my last day of freedom, right, before Lara gets back. I, again, I could be, the world was my oyster. Mm-hmm. I could have been uh, drinking deep from the cup of life. Instead, I ate deeply from the bag of McDonald's. I left here on Wednesday. I went to McDonald's. I bought fries, drink, three Filet-O-Fish sandwiches. And then I went and I rented Left for Dead, which is the brand new zombie first-person shooter for the Xbox. Dude, and so I went and all... My entire Wednesday was spent eating eating McDonald's sandwiches in front of the television and shooting at zombies. Ain't
4: that America? It was fantastic. Is that it what was, you were thankful for, Rick Emerson? Oh,
2: dude, it was really, really wonderful. Uh, then I would pick up Laura at the airport at uh, midnight. She got back at midnight on Wednesday and was, uh, you know, tanned and, and happy but exhausted, just just like dead to the world. Did like a five-hour layover in Panama and just like a whole bad thing. Her friend she traveled to uh, Peru with a friend of hers and it's like the great story you know that you always hear about they lost your luggage uh, they lost her luggage like forever like 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 now even now they don't know where it went I mean it's Monday her friend was trying to fly out on Wednesday no idea where her luggage went Probably in Antarctica just gone just gone the friend got actually stuck in I don't know some goddamn place in Bolivia her friend got stuck in some Bolivian city overnight uh had to sleep in some flop house overnight because there was like a disaster with the plane like one of the wings fell off or oh, something so the whole thing but um so Lauren got back uh and it, it so we got on we we crashed and so on thanksgiving i actually did come to work for a few hours because she's just like i gotta sleep because she, she thankfully she got my throat cold too she got the whole like <coughs> thing that i had mm-hmm. about halfway through the trip um so she's just like, I got to rest, baby. You know, and I'm like, that's fine. I'll go to work. So I came to work for a few hours on Thanksgiving. And then, you know, I told you that she had already designed some Thanksgiving dinner plans for us, and you asked if we were going to Chuck E. Cheese? Yes. Yeah. Because, Laura and I, one of the great things that, one of the things that really bonds us together, this is, you know, one of the ways that I know that she's the girl for me, is that she shares my fascination with, like, sort of trash culture, you know, sort of the, the lowest rung on the pop culture ladder. So a couple of weeks ago, we had spent an entire evening driving up and down 82nd, and then we ended up uh, the night at Chuck E. Cheese because it's just trashy and wonderful. And she had told me her last day in Bolivia, she's like, when I get back, I've already, I already know what we should do for Thanksgiving. So on Thanksgiving, she took a nap, and then I came home later, and we went to wait for it. Our Thanksgiving dinner on Thursday was at the Jubitz Truck Stop in Jansen Beach, <laughs> and here's why that is. Who here has been to the Jubitz truck stop in
3: Jensen I, I believe I've driven by it. Sarah, you've been there.
4: Yes. Well, I've, I've, I haven't eaten there, but I've been to many truck, truck stops because I did. Somebody who, um, whose dad was a trucker, so we'd go and visit there.
3: Uh,
2: first of all, I love truck stops. Secondly, we have seen this whole show on the Travel Channel called, I swear to God, Ten greatest truck stops in the world. You
4: should go to the Flying J in Troutdale. That's a pretty good one.
2: Flying J. So there have been this whole show on the on the Travel Channel about the ten greatest truck stops.
4: And one of them was in Janssen Beach.
2: Jubitz, the Jubitz, I think, was actually re- ranked like the best. It was like number one or number two. The Jubitz truck stop at Janssen Beach, the Travel Channel, ranked it one of the best truck stops in the entire world. And she's like, we should totally go there for Thanksgiving dinner. I'm like, baby, that's why you're the best. Let's go. And so we went there, and uh, we went to the Jubitz truck stop. We had they had a Thanksgiving plate they were selling, so you know like a, like a whole platter. So we had the Thanksgiving... she had the Thanksgiving dinner at the Jubitz truck stop, which was like you know, turkey, scallions. Most folks call them green onions, but they're really scallions. All that. I had wait for it, a quesadilla burger, which is, which is like it's like this hamburger with like guacamole and like some crap on it, like a Mexican burger. Like then like instead of on a bun, it's like like in quesadilla bread. It was just like the worst thing, but it was fantastic. It was good. Yeah, we had that. Then we spent about half an hour walking through the massive Jubitz Truck Stop gift shop.
4: I love truck stop gift shops. They have the greatest crap there.
2: Oh, and it was awful. <sighs> so like things like John Wayne perfume it's like a decanters. Like times a thousand. Exactly, totally, and like ceramic frogs like playing blackjack. Just things that make no sense at all. Um, there was a thing. It was like a, it was a hood ornament for like a big like a like a you know like a Kenworth like a Freightliner like a big rig hood ornament. The hood ornament though was a huge eagle made out of American flags. Uh that then played th- they played like the whole like, you know, um
4: like amazing grace.
2: It was like so great. Um and then uh and then that was it. So we spent our we spent our Thanksgiving at the Jubitz truck stop. And, uh, so that was our Thanksgiving. I have a whole lot more to get to including um kind of this whole thing about 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 our thing about our Christmas decorations which went up this weekend. So we'll get to that I haven't even gotten to this thing about the, the Rosie O'Donnell thing or the Macy's Day parade or this uh, sea creature that's going to kill all of us, plus phone calls and so forth. So, are we breaking right now? Yeah. All right, We'll, we'll take a right. break. If you're on hold, uh, hang tight. We'll get your phone calls around the corner. Some people on hold about uh, Sarah, your car, about Black Friday, about some other stuff. If you're on hold, hang tight. We'll come back more. Lisa Desjardins, et cetera, around the corner. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. The Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. uh and so forth. You know, I have to. Uh, I'm sorry, I should have done this during the break. I just realized this. I, I made it. I made a huge mistake. Oh, no! This is no, this is my fault. I just, out of habit. Uh, this is totally me. Out of habit, I wrote down eleven fifty for Steve, and I meant to write down one fifteen.
0: Okay, I can change
4: it.
2: Yeah, if we can do that, would be fantastic. That's all me. Uh, all right, uh, we'll talk to Lisa Desjardins and a few coming up uh, at the top of the hour. Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth and so forth. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up?
5: Hey, Rick, how's it going today? Hey, how are you, sir? Good. Hey, you are definitely living the American dream, McDonald's and Jubits all in the same week. McDonald's,
2: Jubits, and the Xbox 360, sir.
5: Oh, That's the American dream right there on right. Thanksgiving. Indeed. Hey um you're wrong on Black Friday it's actually not gray Friday it was Black Friday because uh, Americans went out and shelled out an additional 3% for a whopping total of 47 billion dollars on Friday Is
2: that true so we actually uh, we actually spent more than we usually do
5: Yeah analysts expected uh, they expected it to be actually less or flat, and uh, they were wrong. They're uh, 3% more. We went out and bought more junk this year. Are you an
2: analyst because you had you that sort of speech pattern? Either that or you're just reading us directly from wire copy. No,
5: I work in the retail trade, so we uh, work for a lot of retailers, so we track a lot of this to see what's going on.
2: All right, and so, uh, and so the deal is that we were expected to spend less. We, in fact, spent more, 3%
5: spent uh, more this year than last year.
2: Than last year. All right,
5: then. $47 billion. Then.
2: Well, see, there you go. So that that does get me, because they were just, I guess maybe that's one of those things they just thought, we were, you know, they thought it was going to be true. They kept saying, well, I don't know, uh, we expect everybody's just going to stay home this Friday and not spend their money. And I guess maybe that turned out to not be the case, which is good. Well, there, was
5: so. a lot, there was a lot of people out. I was out about at retail on uh, that day, and the stores were packed with a lot of people. But, um, you yeah, know, I was surprised that uh, we spent more. They keep saying the economy's bad and that... Uh, Americans are tightening up spending, but uh, yeah. they actually bought more junk. Good I guess we. Uh.
2: <laughs> I guess I guess what separates us from savages, sir. I guess we should know that really not having money is never going to keep Americans from buying things.
0: Never. I mean, I should have, have known that. Right?
2: Yeah, that's true. All right, thank you. All right, best show ever. Thank you, sir. One more, and then we'll talk to Lisa Desjardins. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hi, Rick.
5: You hey. were talking about uh, left for dead.
0: Yes, I was.
5: I I called you up a couple weeks ago. And I, was, I let you know that they. Uh, we're releasing it. It sounds like you're having a pretty good time. Oh,
2: dude. It's, uh, I, uh, here's the thing about, about Xbox, uh, and Xbox Live. Make a couple quick points. One, you're on Xbox Live, you have like a gamer tag, you know, which is like your, your, your online name or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, people are like, hey, what's your, what's your gamer tag? You know, I'm Adjun. We can, whatever. And, you know, and I'm always kind of reluctant to give it out, not because I'm like some nutcase about privacy, but just because I know that then every time I log on, it mean, you know, there'd probably be some guy like, "Hey, let's let's go kill zombies," and I will be powerless to say no, and then all of my free time will just fritter away down the drain. <laughs> so, but there is, so, they, but uh, uh, our our good friend uh, Seamus, who lives in Colorado, he actually knows my gamertag, and they, and the, the the other bad thing about that is it lets other people monitor your behavior. In other words, they can tell. If you're not playing solo, like if you're just playing against the computer, which is what I typically do with first-person shooters, they can't tell. But if you're online playing multiplayer and somebody knows your gamer tag, they can completely tell when you're online, how long you've been playing. And so I got this, I got this email from Shamey. He's like, hey, somebody was still up at 1.45 in the morning playing Left 4 Dead. So now it's like the depths of the addiction are known. And I told him, it's like I've rented that game. I almost don't even know if I want to buy it because I can just see – I can see that overtaking my life in a really serious fashion.
5: I've already put down about twenty-two hours on it.
2: Uh, I don't. I can't even imagine. I don't even know how many hours between Wednesday and last night I spent on that game. It really is. It's unbelievably addictive. Left for Dead. It's. It's quite something. So thank you for the recommendation. It's everything I thought it would be and more, sir.
5: Also, uh, Jubit's a. Uh I believe it was number five on the Travel Channel.
2: All right, okay. So I think that, and there was some weird. There was like ones in Germany and like I mean I thought it was just going to be American, but there was a yeah. the truck stops from around the world.
5: There was one in like uh, India or something like that. Right? Yeah,
2: like that? I got to tell you, they had the and they did have some. They had some uh, damn fine coffee at the Jubitz, uh, as well. And my case of the burger really was. It was quite exceptional. So. All right, thank you, sir. Best show ever. Thank you, my friend. There you go. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson show from the Hill. CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins. Hello, how are you today? Well, hello. How's life? How are things?
6: Oh, it's great. We've got this crazy, uh, you know, Olympic dream team, Democratic dream team, Barack Obama standing up today. All the big figures is very exciting.
2: So I don't know how this works. Does he? Uh, and I see that Drudge found that one photo he always runs of Hillary, like glowering over Barack Obama's shoulder, like she's thinking about what kind of blunt object uh, might right. might fall on him at some point. Right, right. Um,
6: she did have a uh, a look between solemn and stern. That's for
2: sure. <laughs> it was a sort of. I mean, I have to say this: uh, the Hillary Clinton really is. If she's like your number two in some sense. Um, she really is like, you know, you, you don't ever want to be alone in a room with her. That's that's like they always tell you now in management. They're like, you know, if you, if you, if you are going to be having a, a meeting with a, a subordinate, especially a subordinate of the opposite sex, always make sure that a manager is present or the door is open. <laughs> and that's how it is with Hillary Clinton. I'd never let myself be in a room with her unless there was I a bodyguard present.
6: It completely depends on the day and what's going on, because I think that she is, and I've actually seen this, see, she is someone that you can walk up to and say, uh, you got lipstick on your teeth, and and she'll kind of laugh, and you know take it in sort of a Bill Clinton way, yeah. or she's someone that will kind you know kind of give the uh, the old look to the Secret Service guys, and you'll be carted away. Oh,
2: that's, exactly. No, that you know, you know, or that she'll smile to you and she go, "That's great, thanks so much." And in her head, you can tell that there's a check mark in the kill column. She's being... a
6: tough. She, do not mess with her. But I do also think that you know. That's all people see, and I think there is there is a little bit more there. I think she, I think she's kind of a dork that, that has built up this big, you know, tough gal thing on top of being actually kind of a dork.
2: I think – here's the thing about Hillary Clinton. and By the way, I think you are the first journalist to refer to her as a dork, by the way, so <laughs> well done there. Um, I think – One
6: to no one, yeah. I
2: think Hillary Clinton probably really – I feel like – she's sort of like her husband in the sense that – and I know that people will scoff at this, but I think Hillary Clinton really does – um, she really does care about the issues that she talks about a lot, health care, for example, and, uh, you know, children's issues. I think she really does care very sincerely about those and has, has a degree of empathy. But it's that thing of, like, she cares so much that she will actually kill anyone who gets in the way of solving those problems. You know what I mean? It's like the, uh, as I always say, it's like the grandfather who's mean to you because he loves you. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's like, you know, I told you kids not to go in that old barn. Now it's a caning for you. So does she have to be confirmed, or is it like she in? Is Obama just go like it's you, and
0: then she's done?
6: She does have to be confirmed, and it does open questions of exactly what Republicans are going to throw at her when she comes up here. And she's got, you know, she's got Republicans who are more friendly, and she's got Republicans who do see her—I uh, won't say antichrist, but as as the enemy for sure. So I think that a lot a lot can be opened up here. Anything from kind of. Uh, the health catastrophe that she led when she was in the White House yeah. uh, to Travelgate in the White House all the way up to, um, you know, wh- what a foreign, a foreign experience do you really have? And, you know, she can point to her time as First Lady, but um, in, during the campaign, we've talked about this more. You know, it's not really clear exactly what kind of policy role she's had. She, she really didn't have a lot of clearance. She knows the world, she knows world leaders, and and that is something significant. But I think uh, some Republicans are going to be very eager uh, to take some shots at her because they're going to have the chance.
2: Well, and just, and you you and I...
6: They do question her experience.
2: And you and I both know that there are people who would rather, I mean, they would rather cut off their own limbs with a rusty fish scaler than than vote for, confirm, help anybody whose last name is Clinton. (laughs) Yes. I mean, that's, I mean, you know, and there's people on the left who feel the same way about anybody in the Bush family. Uh, you know, I mean, it's... it's
6: right, it is, it, it is, uh, there is some...
2: It, it really is a Capulets and Montague
6: kind of yeah, a thing. Neither side. I think what's going to be interesting, of course, is going to be, um, you know, the Obama, Biden, Clinton, you know, the, the three of them. And, you know, today during this news conference, uh, right after Joe Biden spoke, and he was the last... Um, you know, everybody went and then Joe Biden kind of summed it up. And right after he spoke, he, he did a classic Joe Biden. He walked, you know, behind Barack Obama, who was then speaking, and, and went over and kind of shook hands and did the sort of politician hug to Hillary Clinton. And I think they really have always gotten along those two. I think they really do like and respect each other. But you know they are now in positions where if they don't agree on something there will be a real um potential battle within the white house to get uh president-elect obama's attention between a biden and a clinton especially maybe even between defense secretary gates it's it's not clear but it sounds like president-elect obama is pretty open-eyed about it in fact he's setting it up that way he he says he wants that kind of debate so you know careful what you wish for we'll see how that goes
2: well as somebody once said uh you know if if uh, this is actually I want to say someone. It, as, whenever I say, as someone once said, it's always as Aaron Sorkin once wrote in a show. Um, but there's this, there's this scene where Isaac Jaffe says, um, he says if you're dumb, surround yourself with smart people, and if you're smart, surround yourself with smart people who disagree with you, which I think is really very true. And so it sounds like there's a little bit of this, but also there's also the thing of now Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton are now each in a job which could theoretically put them in jockeying position for the presidency the next be time. around. president,
6: on. right, right either either to run in 4 or 8 years right. or or if should something happen to President elect Obama, you know, now Hillary Clinton is fourth in line.
0: Right. So. And of course
6: the third in line is is Robert Byrd of West Virginia. So he I w- I would guess that he would defer.
2: And he's like a thousand years old, so. He's
6: I think he is 91 or 2. I definitely have a sort of old guy crush on Robert Byrd. Really? Oh, yes. Are you kidding? Absolutely. Well, I,
2: I mean, for I'm not passing judgment, I just didn't really, I didn't anticipate that. I don't, <laughs> when an old guy crush, what does that mean, actually?
6: Um, I don't, this, well, we're venturing into a dangerous area here. No,
2: I just, I'm not, I'm not trying to make you yeah. feel awkward. I just, uh, I'm...
6: Right, no, I, I just, I've always had a soft spot for the, you know, for the seniors.
2: <laughs> Duly noted. I
6: have a good, like, I think of all their experience and all they've been through, and I just kind of admire uh the older folks but it's particularly like kind of a dapper older man of character i, I don't know there's something i i i
2: I'm trying to think if I have any sort of an equivalent here, so so it can be like a mutual sharing session. So you're okay. not out there. So you're not out there alone with some sort of I mean, revelation.
6: I hate it,
4: but I don't like how it's going so
2: far. No, no, no. I'm just saying. I, I w- I'm trying to think if there's something I can, you know, some sort of attraction I can confess to. No, it there it are will... older
4: women that you'd just be like, oh, I don't even care if she's eighty. I still... Oh,
2: Barbara Eden for my dream. There Jeannie. you go. Totally. Hey. I'd absolutely. Uh, I would have. Uh, I would have relations with Barbara Eden right now today. She's like a thousand, <laughs> and she is like a thousand years old, really. And
6: I have relations with Robert Burg. And
2: doesn't have. Oh, don't now. Let's not gilda lily now Lisa. i would i
6: would i would be happy to you know sit and have some tea and look look at it and just kind of be like talk
2: <laughs> whatever
4: <laughs> you yeah, can have a crush and then just want to sit there and drink tea with. That, them. yeah that's <laughs>
2: not that's not a crush that's like your. are
4: just like a wanting to get to know somebody you specifically said crush yeah and that's <laughs> okay. yeah that's not that's a crush, not that's, a crush. Right. that's
2: like your uh, that's like your obligated sunday visit to Gramps at the home oh <laughs> That's I, yeah.
6: I guess I haven't fully explored it. I don't think
2: like that word means what you think it means.
6: I, I don't really understand my own feelings, I think.
2: This call has become very
0: strange.
6: <laughs> Robert Byrd is so great. Remember last week we were talking about um, Ted Stevens, when Ted Stevens gave his, you know, his last, right. I'm out of here, speech? Right. And and there was Robert Byrd just kind of, you know, in this very, uh, you know, sort of emotional, sort of almost um, a little bit tense, dramatic scene. Right. And there is just kind of like, that's right, you know, from the, just yelling and it kind of startling everyone, just in new way. And at times, you weren't sure that he really heard what the person said, and he was just like,
2: that's so true. Right. You know, it's great. Okay. It's great.
3: Hey, if it makes you feel better,
2: I got kind of a thing for trashy, like trashy checkout uh, girls, like the Walgreens.
6: <laughs> that does make you feel a little better. No, nah, you
2: know, like sort of like, you know, kind of, a, kind of a chewing gum with the mouth open, kind of a little too much hair product.
6: With like some kind of like a yeah like some hair pulled back in the wrong place, like or, a kind of kind of a scrunchy
2: earrings? kind of a thing and like earrings that kind of look like fishing lures, you <laughs> and know,
6: rusty lipstick.
2: Yeah, exactly. So I got I got kind of a I got kind of a weakness for trashy uh, chicks sometimes. So I mean, there you go. So now you don't fit. Now you're not out there all alone.
6: Wow, you you almost you have the beginnings of a really strange but potentially great heist movie here with Barbara Eden and the trashy checkout girl. <laughs>
2: Is that like um is that like perry mason in the case of the terrified typist? I
0: think so. All right. right. Well,
2: and there you go. Oh. Lisa Desjardins and the case of the septuagenarian Sexpot.
6: <laughs> Maybe. All right, hey, so do we need to run down the rest of the uh, the gang? The, you know, the 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 Obama gang? Yes, please do. With, uh okay, we don't have to. But you've got uh you know Robert Gates returning as defense secretary. And then, of course, you've got one of my favorites, Jim Jones, former top man at the Marine Corps, uh, will be national security advisor, which would be pretty interesting. And he does, it does seem like he is going to be set up to be kind of the go-between between Hillary Clinton and, uh, Defense Secretary Gates. If those, if those two should disagree, Eric Holder will become the first black, uh, Attorney General if he's approved. And he was, uh, number two essentially at the Justice Department under Bill Clinton. Janet Napolitano, there is a disagreement over how to pronounce her last name within CNN.
2: It is Napolitano.
6: Is it Napolitano? Well, here's, Napolitano.
2: Well, here's the thing. Her name is Janet Napolitano, and here because the lead singer for Concrete Blonde is Jeanette Napolitano. And so I assume. I'm just saying, I assume that
0: you the, would think, right, you the know, name
2: has got to be pronounced the same from one one Italian family to another, I would imagine.
6: I think it may actually be Tano, and I mm. think that uh, pretty much Joe Biden, and I think even President-elect Obama got it wrong today. Well,
2: you know, but this is like that thing that, you, sir, like eight years on, nobody uh, can, can, can decide whether it's Cheney or Cheney. <laughs> I mean, come on. Has anybody ever asked him, hey, Vice President, how do you pronounce your last name? no one, it's like that thing of how we, do you remember that time when we were all spelling Gaddafi with either a K or a G or a Q? Yes. And nobody really knew? Yes. So. We
6: um. Remember Al-Qaeda, okay, you know, we still have, uh, there's the Q-A-I version versus the Q, I think it's A-E.
0: Yeah. Version. So, I don't know. I
6: I'm going with Tano. I'm just going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to be a little. You're going to put it out Fox. there. Indie Rock about the whole thing, and uh, the Arizona governor, she will now be, uh, if approved, Secretary of Homeland Security, which is, I'll tell you, of all of the cabinet positions, that may be the toughest, because that uh there are so many agencies i mean the coast guard is under the department of homeland security fema uh you know ins customs all of those guys it is this weird hodgepodge agency that has not really worked properly uh since its inception and it, it's it's very messy and it's very important and it 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 is a t- that is a tough job and
2: also no one knows what they do uh no one i have,
6: knows exactly what they do i have to now. tell
2: you actually it's funny you say that uh here down by the state you know we're in downtown down pardon me downtown this weekend, I actually for the first time ever ever ever, I actually saw a vehicle drive by me this weekend that said Department of Homeland Security on it looked like a cop car or okay. like a like an s u v but then it said department of homeland Security on the side and then I started thinking to myself like that I'd just forgotten that 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 group of folks even existed
6: right right, right. I mean maybe we'll get a new color chart who knows maybe,
2: maybe. Know? maybe. hey what is the what what the color are we at now what is the terror threat level today
6: I think Probably the nation, I think, is, that's a good question. I, I thought, well, last I knew we were at yellow, but D.C. is always at orange.
2: Really? Is that true?
6: Yeah, I, I don't think, I think D.C. and New York are always at orange.
2: Well, it seems like Detroit ought to be at orange then, too, I mean, really, if we're just going <laughs> to, I mean, if if we're going to talk about places where you're likely to get killed just standing on your front porch for no reason.
6: Right. <laughs> that's, well, you know, you, you got a point. And speaking of Detroit, the, oh, yeah, here we go, national threat level, yellow. All right um but yeah the the um oh and i've gotta mention uh uh one more uh susan rice uh will be the uh u n security or u n uh permanent e- Ambassador to the U.N. from the U.S., which is interesting because I feel like uh, at last we kind of have this example where Americans, you know, for years we have had this thing where, you know, one Japanese prime minister might look like another Japanese prime minister because we're a little bit racist and we don't really know what different people look like. But now I'm wondering if the rest of the world is going to be like Condoleezza Rice, Susan Rice. Cause They do have similar coloring, and they have the same last name.
2: And also, I'm thinking about this. As an interesting sidebar, you know what you should do? Mm -hmm. You should find, like, the least interesting, uh, most unbelievably obscure and tedious cabinet post that they're possi- and then, like, go interview that person and be like, what is it you do exactly? <laughs> sort of like on the Oscars every year when everybody's like, what is a gaffer? You know, or, like, what is a best boy? Best boy, yeah. And so you need to, like, what is, the, what is the gaffer of the cabinet world?
6: Well, you know, there's 15 cabinet positions. So, you know, I don't know if there's anyone that really... Is all the way down to the, maybe like the Department of the Interior. Well,
2: maybe it's, like it's not cabinet TV. position then. Maybe it's uh, maybe you find some maybe something lower than a cabinet position. But I mean, you know, secretary maybe. of something totally pointless.
6: There is something called the Plum Book, which contains all of the presidentially appointed uh, and I believe they have to be congressionally approved jobs in Washington. Right. And there are seven thousand of them.
2: See, but because I was watching TV the other day, I was watching the show. We're so over time here, but I was watching this. Uh, and, basically you got to know that on days like this, I'm just going to talk until you tell me we have to stop. Either you or Sarah steps in. I mean, really, until some sort of powerful woman tells you me to like shut up, minutes. I will continue to speak. Yeah, so um, I was watching the Food Network, and they have a show called Heavyweights. And Heavyweights is a great show on the Food Network where they'll take two competing companies in the same food field and then analyze how they started and then, the, and then like, a Godzilla versus Mothra, like, when they met. And so they'll do, like, Pizza Hut versus Domino's or... The one I saw was Dunkin Donuts versus Starbucks, one was East Coast, one was West Coast, both of them huge regional following, and then the clash um so what was my point oh but they but they were interviewing somebody- I swear to God someone professor of food studies at New York University, and and you just think to yourself like well, who even knew that that was like a thing to get a degree in so don't you think that there is some sort of you know secretary of like carpets or something it there's got to be some unbelievably pointless right. tedious obscure office you ought to go find like you want to do like a whole genie moe style thing of like that would be good stuff I search for the search for the dullest job in Washington
6: oh well that I, that's an even bigger task but yeah the kind of most obscure job
2: yeah see there you go a job you didn't even know existed that's my that's my suggestion for you today
6: that because our government is is huge yes uh do you
2: have there's a good no Thanksgiving
6: yeah, it was a great Thanksgiving. Just me and Jason and Mom. We our whole plan was to like eat, clean up, and have Mom back on the road before the Cowboys
2: came. <laughs> oh, look at the time, Mom, gotta go.
6: We did, well, she came. She came. She was still at our house for like six hours, but we, you know, we we did it. It was hey, good.
2: All right, excellent. Well, uh, are you on tomorrow? I am. All right, we will talk to you then. It's always, have a great day. Hey, you too. All right, there you go, Lisa DeSharnan, fantastic. Right. Hello, Tim Riley. Hello. All right. We have news around the corner, I trust. Fantastic. All right. We uh, get back with the uh, noon news hour after this. Later on, Steve Kastenbaum, uh, Joy of Christmas, Geek Watch, and uh, Transvestite Trivia. Stay there for the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503 733
1: 2970. Uh, Let's
2: see. Rick, let's see. We were. This is about the Jubits truck stop. Rick, we were there the same time you were. The girlfriend didn't think it was you. Thanks for the I told you so. All right, excellent. Glad to know we were... See, and here this answers the magical question of, who are these other people of the Jubits on Thanksgiving?
4: <laughs> Did you see other people? And were you wondering that same thing?
2: Oh, no, it was... I mean, it wasn't packed, but it was not empty. I would say that there was a good... Uh, I would say it was uh, probably 40% full. There's, uh, the Truckers Jubits
4: need Thanksgiving dinner, too.
2: Totally. Well, see, and we were doing... So uh, on Thanksgiving, so Laura and I went to the Jubits truck stop at Janta Beach, uh, which is great and wonderful. And you're right, we really should have purchased something. Um,
4: you should have uh, purchased her something to say like "Welcome back to America, Lara." And
2: the guy, the, the guy at the Jubit's truck stop gift shop was just so sad. He was just kind of standing there, like, "You want to buy something?" We said, "No, we're just looking, sir. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. All right, come again." Uh, he was just like, so depressed. I totally should have purchased her some tacky, like a John Wayne beer stein or something, something that says "Welcome back to America." Um, so we're sitting there having dinner, and we're looking around, and we were kind of trying to figure out, like, okay. We're here at the Jubit's Truck Stop on Thanksgiving because we love, you know, we love stuff from that kind. What is commonly referred to as the sort of, you know, the trashy side of the culture. Uh, although, you know, really you got to say it, it's a pretty upscale truck stop, all things considered. But <laughs> I mean, so
4: but those two things go
2: together. But, but it's, I mean. It's a relative statement. Yeah. So I mean, we're there because that's you know, because I'm just really into sort of the culture that is on the fringes, the culture that's on the periphery. Um. So that's why we were there. It, we're looking at go, okay, like how many of these people? We were trying to pick out, like, okay, who's a real trucker? And there were two guys that we saw, and we're like, that guy drives a truck. There's no doubt about it. He That guy is a truck driver. But then we looked at, you know, it's like the kind of old people, you know, and you figure the old people are there because it's relatively cheap and it's filled with starch, and old people love stuff like that. You know, it's like they all go to the grandma's buffet for the same reason. But then we saw sort of like normal-looking couples, um, meaning they're not like the oldsters, and they're not some guy who's on the, you know, like doing long haul between Sacramento and Tallahassee. Like, who are these other people at the Jubitz truck stop? So, apparently, uh, among the other people at the Jubitz truck stop that day were this guy. Uh, he just signed him, his name, his name is C. So, C was there as well. How about this one, Rick? About the Jubits F and A. Truck stop food is a very special kind of comfort food. Uh, I still want to know how they got the truck in the Jubits lobby. Did they build a lobby around it? He said, I made sure to go to Jubitz last summer. Uh, lots of meat, a waitress calling me hun, and my copy of the stand. It was pure bliss. Uh, may I have an unrequited crush on your wife? Well, sure. Go ahead. So, the tr- By the way, the waitress was exactly what you wanted a waitress. She was like, she did everything but, say, kiss my grits. She was wonderful. Uh, I mean, she was exactly what a truck stop waitress should be. See,
4: do. most of the truck stops I've been to, it's been more of a buffet-style setting.
2: Oh, yeah, no, I can see that. Where it is like a grandma's buffet. Oh, but, yeah, no,
4: the one in Troutdale, I remember, it, yeah, has a buffet. You can either order it from the menu or else you can get like a buffet plate Yeah. eight bucks or whatever. Oh,
2: man, and it was all-you-can-eat fries. It was all burgers come with endless fries. So, And the woman actually came by, and I had finished all but about three of my French fries with my quesadilla burger. And she says, and I'm kind of adding a southern accent to her because that's just the way that it always comes out in my head. But she actually comes by, she goes... You want some more of your endless fries, hun? <laughs> like that's the... and I didn't, but it's like I wanted to. I almost wanted to order them just for the experience. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, Tim Riley.
1: It's time for the Rick Emerson Show's new news hour, only on AM 970, The Talker. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley.
3: From Seattle comes word: thousands of Washington Mutual employees were told today they will lose their jobs. Merry Christmas. Well, the interesting part of this, the spokeswoman for uh, Washington Mutual says the mood is upbeat. <laughs> okay you get to keep her job,
2: I was just going to say maybe that's only in her home. I thought you were going to say that maybe they fired her halfway through the uh halfway oh, through the press and The I mood thought, is upbeat, uh-huh all
3: right It's headquarters in employees whose jobs are unnecessary because they've duplicated J. p. Morgan Chase employees in new York got sixty to sixty day formal notices. That's going to be out of work.
2: What is today? Today is December first, so that's January, February first. Well, I mean, it sucks that you have to. It sucks that you get that news right before Christmas. At but least you know. You got but at
4: least you have the job. Two
2: months. Yeah, at least you got the job through the turn of the year, through January.
4: Yeah, we get no notice. So I mean, they have no. been 60 days. That was
3: your last
2: show. Get out. <laughs> but I mean, so they get the 60 days notice, which is, I guess, yeah, the no. best of a bad situation. But let me ask you this: Don't you think the time? I was thinking about Mr. Mom last night with Terry Gard, Michael Keaton, and Jeffrey Tambor. Mm-hmm. A fine film. Yeah. And who else? And Jillian's in that movie too, looking hot. We have all seen Mr. Mom, correct? Yes. Who can name the brand of tuna fish uh, that she works, that Terry Gar goes to work for?
3: That was a long time ago. Oh. I don't remember.
2: Really? No one knows. Mm-mm. All right. Um,
3: I don't have anything to give away. Well,
2: don't call about it then. I don't think I have anything to give away. I'm sure, we can
4: find something to give away. I have pizza Pringles.
2: All right. Have they been opened? No. All right. Uh, we will give now. A can of unopened – are you opening them?
4: No, no, I was just checking. They're, they are not
2: open. We will give now a can of <laughs> sealed pizza-flavored Pringles uh, to the first caller who can correctly identify uh, the brand of seafood, uh, the name of the company that Terry Gargos to work for in Mr. Mom. Of the hit film since 1984, uh, starring Michael Keaton in the famous scene where he drives the baby's bottom on one of those air blowy things in a bathroom.
4: I love Terry Garr.
2: It's a, man, boy, she looked gorgeous in that film too, and just a great man. What a what a what a great movie, Mr. Mom is, and it has that whole surreal thing where he's the vacuum cleaner called Jaws, and he's fighting the uh, the washing machine. That's it, and he, my brain is oatmeal. Uh, all right. So uh, five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. The first caller who can correctly identify the name of the company that Terry Gargos to work for, Mister Mama, win a sealed can of Pizza Pringles. That being said, wait, hold on. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Can you identify the company?
0: Of course I can. It was a uh, Schooner Tuna.
2: There you go. Well done, sir. Schooner wait, Tuna. You want some Pringles? All right. You want some Pringles? <laughs> I'd love some. All. All right, I'm put you on hold, Richie Bristol. That guy right there, line one. He wins a can of sealed. uh pizza Pringles, meaning, and I don't, you know, this, and, the reason I say they're seals, you know, Bordoff hasn't had their grubby weekend hands They on might
4: have it, licked so. the outside of it, but the inside's there. <laughs> they
2: might have been sniffing around. <laughs> There's food in there. All right. But, uh, you know, anyway, so there you go. Something
0: hygienic. All right.
2: So if you're on hold right now, uh, my apologies. Uh, we, have, uh, we have already given away the, the Pringles. So there you go. So Terry Gar goes to work for the, stu- the schooner tuna company because mm-hmm. it's hard times. Michael Keaton it works, I think, in the auto industry, maybe, and he gets fired. Uh, or something. Anyway, he gets fired. Terry Garr has to go go get a job. So do you remember the sequence where, because she's basically there in PR, she's working in the marketing department, and they're trying to figure out a way, pardon me, to boost sales of schooner tuna, because it's way down. And, of course, Mr. Mister Mom came out in kind of a bad economy. And there's, they're trying to figure out, like, jingles and slogans and, you know, like a new logo or whatever. And Terry Garr, who is a housewife, says well, you know what, maybe you should just lower the price, and everybody laughs. And at the end, though, they take her advice, and the president of Schooner Tuna, I'm going to play this ad tomorrow to begin the show, comes on with a can of tuna in one hand, and I swear to Christ, a little American flag in the other. And he says something along the lines of, as you know, we are going through troubling economic times, and money is tight." So until the end of this economic crisis, Schooner Tuna will be reducing the price of its tuna fish by, I think he says, 25 cents a can, which was real money then. And he says we will resume, we will, you know, we will re- restore our regular prices once this crisis is over. But until then, remember, we're all in this together, and it's like a huge success, don't you think? Right now, Tim, a company could really, really make a big, big impact and really re- get a great public image if the guys who ran the company just came forward and they said something along the lines of, of that, something along the lines of, look, we you know, we at the top are all going to reduce our salaries to $5 a year until this is over. Or how about this? How about um, as long as the company is profitable, we will, you know, there will be no firings. You know, we pledge, this is our pledge to you the, because that's, if I can, I'm not speaking about any company in particular here. But that's the sort of that's the sort of eff thing about it is all of these firings are happening at, at companies that are still profitable. Mm-hmm. I mean, the companies are losing money for the most part. It's just they're not making quite as much profit as they did last year. You know, they're not quite raking in as as much in profit as they did you know eighteen months, two months, you know, two years ago. So uh, somebody should just come out and say, look, as long as the company is still making money and is in the black, we will not fire. And they put out a huge press release about it, and I think that would get them goodwill, put the public on their side. This, like all other ideas, will fall on deaf ears though, Tim, because no one listens to us. That it was fantastic. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. if people listen to us, Tim, this world would be a better place. Just Tim Rodney.
3: So, what do people watch over Thanksgiving? The Vince Bond, Reese Witherspoon motion picture for Christmas, us, which uh, debuted at number one, making 31.7 million dollars. Does anybody see it? No. Something about Christmas. It features them as couples suffering through four separate family holiday gatherings. It raised a total of $46.7 million since Wednesday. Uh, Twilight is still a phenomenon, but it really can't maintain that level of intensity week after week. You know, uh, Sarah Wagner came to my office this morning. Okay. And
2: uh, yeah, and she was, uh, I forget how this, this came up, but she said. I she's not, I was, I'm reading this John Lennon book. It's like the Bible. It's like a thousand pages long. And she goes, you know, I'm reading that Twilight book right now. And I said, and I pointed at the Twilight books on the floor of my office. And I'm like, ah, I gotta get to those. And she goes, ah, have you started reading them yet? And I said, no. And she goes, you gotta read them. They're so great. Uh, she apparently stayed up till like one in the morning last night reading about the exploits of hot teenage vampires. So oh it's all the rage.
4: They yeah. don't have sex.
2: No, they don't have sex. Yeah. You know, because uh, true love waits. On. I don't know.
3: Then there was a Nicole Kidman Hugh Jackman epic entitled Australia. It opened at number 5. That's the new
2: Baz Luhrmann film which I haven't I didn't even know was opening because there was a story like a week ago that he hadn't he wasn't even done. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to premiere at Cannes or some crap and he hadn't, he hadn't, he was like still in the editing room like trying to piece it all together. So, all right. No one saw this holiday film though. No. Who is it Vince Vaughn and who?
3: Uh Reese Witherspoon. It
4: looked terrible. Are they a
2: couple? That seems like a couple that has no chemistry together. No, just, Vince
4: Vaughn's just becoming...
2: American a, will
3: love it.
4: He's just more squishy. He used to, I used to have the biggest crush on him, and now he's just... He's gone downhill in the looks department.
2: He's become real chunky, and I think we've all figured out he can't act. I think that's also the unspoken truth about Vince Vaughn. We've all realized by now Vince Vaughn is not able to act at all.
3: Good, then we will get a dozen more movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the way it works. That really is true, Tim. Nothing
2: succeeds like mediocrity.
3: It's the Adam Sandler of drama. <laughs> You know, Adam Sandler gets a new movie every week. He does. Even every week. Another piece of crap. And even, even, though, and even, even though nobody's excited to see them. No.
2: That's the weird thing about it. Like at this point, because don't you think like all of the Adam Sandler. And it's like, oh, he has the new
4: movie coming out like in a couple he, weeks. That's what we're saying. He does. The bedtime story. One after that.
2: And he's got like ten more in the pipeline probably. I bet if you went to his IMDb, I would imagine he has four movies in production right now. Um,
4: Are you going to guess four? Yes.
2: And I'm not, looking. I'm not knocking some of his early films. I mean, I, you know, I like a lot of guys. I went to see Have some of those early... Have you ever
4: Billy Madison? No. That's what I did when you were is sick that bad, day? It Is it bad? is it good? Terrible. Yeah. Terrible.
2: See? Terrible. I think probably the That's wedding... That's all it takes? The, the wedding singer, well, he's like gum where the flavor is chewed out very quickly. Mm. You go back and you're like, this isn't very good. I think the wedding singer probably holds up. Mm-hmm. Other that than is- that... But but I mean, don't you figure that all the guys who were really into like Happy Gilmore and all those uh, all those Adam you know like you know and like Billy Madison and Big Daddy and all those movies, all those guys have grown up enough by now. They're all like about twenty eight and twenty nine, and they're watching they're off watching something else. And that just his target audience has just grown to the point that I don't know anybody I don't know anybody who goes to the theater and says. It's the best news ever, dude. A new Adam Sandler film. It's just, I mean, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but nobody is excited about his movies. And yet, Tim, you're right. They just keep coming out. You can't stop them. It's like there's some switch that's been turned on that we don't have access to.
4: Dude, last year, he released three movies. The year before, he released three. This year, he's releasing two. Next year, he already has one.
2: What three movie. movies did Adam Sandler put out last year?
4: He did uh, Now I Pronounce You Chuck and Larry.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh,
4: Rain Over Me and Click.
2: Click? I,
3: okay. That's the story of Carl Click. <laughs>
2: One man. Click. Um, you know, now that you say it, I remember all of those films existing, but I'd forgotten all about them.
3: That's because it just says always stuck in my mind as the worst name. And ever. because
2: it's the worst oh, movie well,
3: ever. I remember the advertising campaign. It showed people crying. And it was over <laughs> Christmas.
2: Like the audience or people in the movie?
3: People in the movie crying. Let's go I'm see this movie where people
2: point. cry. Um. So yeah, my and you know, Lara watched Spanglish. It was just, it was awful. It was so bad. It was just uh, sitting there. And it's one of those things. One of those allowances you have to make for the person you love. Where you go, look, I look, I know you're smart. So I'll let this slide. <laughs> I know you're not really dumb. So I'll let you watch these movies. I know it's an indulgence.
3: He he's the Ryan Seacrest of movies. He really
2: is. It's like how you know. It, it's like how she turns a blind eye when I eat one can of spray cheese after another. So I let her watch Spanglish because I know it's not representative Tim of her, her as a whole. Yeah, totally. All right, it's Tim Riley.
3: And let's see here. A man has been shot in the leg and hand in Gresham, to the surprise of no one. Police are investigating a shooting outside a Gresham store that left a man with gunshot wounds to his hand and leg. This is in the parking lot of uh, Tortilla Etienda, tortillas and store. At uh, Northeast and people uh, police recall there after a man was found in his mid-30s lying on the floor, suffering from gunshot wounds. President-elect Barack Obama has announced a whole bunch of promotions today, so we're going to go down, run down all of these right now. The first one. Uh, first of all, he's condemning last week's uh, terrorist attacks in India that left more than 180 people dead.
1: Americans stand with the people of India in this dark time, and I am confident that India's great democracy is more resilient. Than killers who would tear it down.
3: I watched tons of that over the weekend.
2: I, you know, can I confess? I'm an ugly American here. I don't even really know, like, what is the deal there. I don't even really know what happened. And it's not. I'm not trying to sound like a terrorist
3: got loose and went on a shooting spree, and they took over two hotels and they were kicking indoors and shooting people. Then they they were chasing people upstairs, shooting them. So it's like a. Not a hostage thing as such. It's I hate to and use. They this. They were com- holding hostages at one location and shot them.
2: All right. So I, and I hate to use this comparison, but it's the only thing comes to right. mind. So it's like a Columbine thing, sort of, but
3: in a hotel. Yeah. All right. Okay. And, and two hotels and another. Thing. And did they and is it did they catch all the
2: guys? Is it over? I mean, is everything? And
3: then they is- killed most of them. All right. So uh, yeah, it's over. And it was on TV all weekend, and nobody really knew what was going
2: on. Yeah, that's and that was kind of why I sort of tuned out of the coverage, because it just seemed like there was just all this chaos, but there was very little hard facts. And, and
3: they were finding out uh, uh, more things from people's MySpace pages than they were actual journalists. Like. Really? Yeah. That's, uh, with like, from people uh people Who, who, who were, were in the hotel rooms themselves. Who were, like, blogging from within the hotel. like Twitter. It. Oh, that see,
2: that... Boy, that Twitter thing is... And that Twitter thing is really, really weird and great and creepy sometimes. Mm-hmm. The fact that... And people who don't know, Twitter is like... um it's like a constantly updated ticker that people can like it's like a message board basically but you do it from your cell phone and everything's got to be under like 100 characters mm-hmm. um so like real quick brief messages that people put on a message board that you can read and so it's like you know it is but like basically like a chat room that everybody is is posting on from their cell phones Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's kind of creepy and weird and cool that they, they were finding out, that, like, on the Twitter board from people who were like, hey, I'm in the hotel and it's all going
3: bad. Uh. So, all
2: right. Yeah, but I there it just seemed like there was just such chaos and nobody knew anything. Exactly. All right. Well, there you go.
3: And then the news source you really couldn't tell where they were coming from. Was it Europe? Is it CNN right. England? Is it CNN Europe? What is it?
2: Right, right, yeah. A-
3: and they were just taking whatever they could find.
2: And that's the thing, that they were all kind of recycling the same scraps of information over and over, because all the news sources want to be first. Like, nobody wants to be last with the story. Right. So they just take the same little tiny bit of information, and they all just kind of chew over it again and again, yeah.
3: Uh, Senator Obama has elected, to the surprise of everyone,
1: Hillary Clinton as Secretary of State. He's an American of tremendous stature who will have my complete confidence, who knows many of the world's leaders, who will command respect in every capital, and who will clearly have the ability to advance our interests around the world. That's great. You must be pleased. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Now we have uh, Robert Gates who will stay on as Secretary of Defense. Two years ago, he took over the Pentagon at a difficult time. He restored accountability. He won the confidence of military commanders and the trust of our brave men and women in uniform, as well as their families. Then Eric Holder is going to be Attorney General. He has distinguished himself as a prosecutor, a judge, and a senior official. And he is deeply familiar with the law enforcement challenges we face, from terrorism to counterintelligence, from white-collar crime to public corruption.
3: Now we have Janet Napolapolino
1: as head of the Department of Homeland Security. She understands the need for a Department of Homeland Security that has the capacity to help prevent terrorist attacks and respond to catastrophe, be it man-made or natural.
2: I don't even know. Uh, this is a whole conversation I don't even really care about. It. I don't even know what the Homeland Security Department really does.
1: Oh, you remember those
3: color bars? <laughs> yellow, green, purple? No, we're at yellow. I asked Lisa about that. We are at yellow, right? Except for
2: D.C., Tim, which is at orange. Just yeah. so you know, D.C. is like more dangerous than everybody else.
3: Well, you get the desk with the color bars so you get to arrange them all you want. does that I mean, doesn't it seem like
2: everything the Homeland Security Department does is already being done by somebody else? I suppose so. Well, there's people in other countries. Well, we've got the Department of Defense for that. Mm-hmm. Well, there's like natural disasters. Well, we got FEMA for that. Yeah. Well, we got the uh, keeping order in the cities. Well, you got Comp the National Guard for that. I mean, the Department of Homeland Security just seems to be. It does really seem like they just created an agency because they needed to do something after 9-11. No, look, uh, I mean, it really is like how they just, we're going to form a committee to look into it. We're going to form a blue ribbon commission uh, that will investigate, whatever. That's what that seems like. It doesn't seem like they do anything new.
3: At any time that you, you say blue ribbon, oh, that must be the best. Totally. That, that's what the sheep wins at the county fair. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly. By, by the way, the great thing about Hillary Clinton being named Secretary of State is because, Here's the, like all things, uh, it's great to me just, just because it will irritate people. And because, do you remember during, like in the final days, boy, doesn't that election just seem like so far in the rearview mirror? Years ago. Yeah. I mean, it's what, like three weeks ago? But it just, man, it just seems, yeah, it's like I read somewhere today that, um, wait, I think I've got this here. There's something here. Wait, hold on. We're not going to cover this later because I don't care. But Sarah, listen to this. Sarah Palin campaigns in Georgia today ahead of Tuesday's Senate runoff. So I guess there's like a close call in the Senate race. So they've, they've sent Sarah Palin down there to campaign, and I was like, Sarah Palin, wow! It just already seems again, like you're in a car and you look in the rearview mirror and there's a tiny little figure in the background receding.
4: I mean, it just seems like so long ago. And we lived and breathed Sarah Palin every day, totally. 24 hours
2: a day, and I haven't thought about her in no. weeks. Gone, gone, gone. Um, uh, but you remember, in the final days of the campaign, there was this whole like this last-ditch effort by the Republicans to win, but they kept saying. Well, look, I mean, because they'd they they were they'd given it up that Obama was going to win. Like, they totally, they knew.
3: Socialists, communists.
2: And and this was the thing. They already knew McCain was hosed. So they kept, it, 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 it turned from, let's help, uh, you know, let, let's win the presidency to, okay, well, don't let them take the Congress, too. Because they kept saying, well, if we have a Democratic president and a Democratic Congress, there will be no checks and balances on their Democratic craziness. And they were painting this picture that Democrats were going to hold every post, have every position, and run every branch of government. So I do like to see Hillary Clinton made Secretary of State, because it will probably just terrify those folks even further. Like, it's all coming true, Mark of the Beast. So, there you go. Fantastic.
3: A Hillsborough man behind bars charged with stealing exotic pets worth thousands of dollars. Thank goodness Gracie the Cockatoo was back with her owners after the pet thief got busted trying to sell her online. These broke into the Critta Cabana in uh, Newburgh, late Thursday night, wouldn't that have been Thanksgiving? to yes. to be home with their family? Well, anyway, somebody broke into Criticabana Thursday night, stole the cockatoo, an albino Pac-Man frog named Helga, several reptiles, a veiled comedian, and five babies. A veiled comedian. A veiled comedian. Oh, I'm sorry, chameleon. <laughs> with five babies and a bearded dragon. The Sandra Bernhard of the Muslim world. That was funny. Employees of Criticamana were so determined to find the uh, lost animals, they did what anybody would do if they were missing something go on Craigslist and track them down. See if them, they go there every time. If an idiot is trying to sell it. Sure enough, they found an idiot.
2: Well, I guess you can't go to Sandy Bar's swap meet anymore, which is probably where those things, uh, you know. That's where, that's where you might have checked before. Uh-huh. Yes.
3: They managed to arrange a meeting with a person who listed Gracie, confirming the bird was theirs, and call police. So they're sure the idea was to make a quick steal. Sell it or pawn it make some quick cash. They have arrested 29-year-old Joshua Reed, who allegedly broke into this Thanksgiving night, who had several of the stolen animals inside his home, according to investigators. Uh, oh, and some of the animals have passed away. So he's accused of uh, stealing pets also from McMinnville Pet Store.
0: Well,
2: I'm sure that he'll be dealt with appropriately, Tim.
3: Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Oregon State, hello sports fans, Oregon State snapped a 25-game losing streak and won his first game under first-year coach Craig Robinson, who is Barack Obama's brother-in-law. Uh,
2: that's right. See, that's the only reason this is the Civil War game, is it not? I guess so, yeah. Sarah, Civil War
4: game? With the U of O versus OSU?
3: Isn't it sure. the, the Ducks and the Beavers? Yeah. Playing again, that
2: was so? this weekend.
4: Yes. Right. I don't know. I just I pay attention to Apple Cup. I don't See,
2: know. that's the thing. It's like I only know about the Apple Cup because yeah. I'm from Washington, so I don't... Uh... What
3: is the Apple Cup?
2: The Apple Cup is WSU versus UW, is it not? Yes. All right. See, so, there you go. See, I know things. I'm smart. Not like they say. Uh, you know, I know, Living in uh, Washington, you hear about the Apple Cup. Oh, yeah, but especially but M- if
3: you're in like, the eastern Washington area. That's totally. Like, Do you have know, a the prestigious apple as a, a prize? A golden apple? No,
2: I don't think you win. Wait, golden apple. Isn't that from um, Greek mythology? Didn't somebody steal a golden apple from somebody? They may have, like Medusa, or somebody Press stole some a golden apple. Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sale, one golden apple, uh, twenty-five dollars. Obo. Uh, anyway, blah blah blah. Yeah. So then I moved here, and I, you know, of course, I'm as I became you know, as I uh, as I entered adolescence, any, any interest in sports that I had sort of frittered away. So, so the Civil War is a thing everybody talks about here. Did I tell you that uh, when uh, when Laura and I were headed to to uh, To the fair to see Weird Al a few months back, whenever that was. that We, we drove by a car, and it was one of those weird, like, freakishly – look, I don't care if anybody's thinks of sports, but he's one of those guys. He had – it was like a Ducks car. He had, like, the, the license plate had the Ducks frame, and then the license plate itself said, like, Ducks, and then the car was, like, the Ducks green, and then he had a Ducks thing hanging from the rearview mirror, and then he had, like, Ducks bumper stickers on it, and, of course, he was just a big, fat, crew-cut bastard, <laughs> you know, as they all are. Just a big, portly SOB sitting in the car. Uh, and then with him was just some sad woman that just had the greatest amount of pity for. They were sitting at a stoplight, and we couldn't help ourselves from staring. Mm. We were just sitting and just looking. And, of course, he's wearing, like, a duck's shirt or whatever. And it's we, so annoying when people are that into sports. And, you, well, and here's the thing. You, yeah, it, and don't you just sort of assume when you see somebody like that that, A, they never went to that college, and, B, they don't play that sport. It's people rooting for a sport they don't play, for school they did not attend. I would guarantee you this, probably 80% of the people you know that have some real like fierce loyalty to either the Ducks or the Beavers did not go to either of those schools.
4: Or they went there and they latch onto them cuz like these are the greatest times of my life. <laughs> I actually had a friend who told the me that, like, that college is the greatest time of real life. I'm just like, really?
0: That's
2: so Really?
4: Sad. And that is, it was sad. Cause I'm like, yeah, it was fun, but, you know, we were just drunk for four years.
2: Yes. You know, well, I think David Letterman said, he was talking about high school, but David Letterman said, if high school were the best years of your life, there's something deeply wrong with mm-hmm. you. There's something broken in your, in your life. So, right. well, in any event, I'm just saying. Uh, here's Tim Riley.
3: Portland's mayor-elect Sam Adams wants the city to offer $12.5 million in investments to Vestus Wind Systems. They're trying to lure uh, this, these wind people over here. City officials would like the Danish company to build a $250 million plant and add 850 white-collar jobs to the workforce. The North American headquarters is already here in Portland, but the deal would help ensure the company stays put. And expands its Portland workforce from 350 to 1,200.
2: Now, are they, is that the company supposed to already Giant co- fans? But the fans that are already in the gorge—is that that company? Do you I think? think? So yeah. Because those, uh, if you go down the gorge, uh, down gorge way, you'll see up on the hill. There's like on the other side of the river, you'll see the the, the, the acre. Of fans, which is really cool looking. They're the wave of the future. Yeah, I mean, oh, I know. Birds I, well, see, you always hear about that. You always I like, would
3: think a bird would be smart enough not to be
2: Well, that's, that's my thing. It's like the fans, if they are, it's your fault. And some people find them kind of ugly, but I think they look really cool. They look very futuristic. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we have a friend who lives in the gorge, and she's always bumping her gums about how they're bad for like some. I don't know, some pelican or bat or something, I don't know, some damn thing that flies. And she's talking about they, how it, they fly. they, fly right in. The, the fan does something that disrupts their sonar or their radar or whatever. And it's sort of a squawk, bam, right in the fan, which I guess sucks. But that's nature, baby. Like, evolve or evolve or die. I mean, you, you'll either, I mean, they'll either, maybe they can put up some bird screen in front of them.
3: I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, that's some problem persists.
2: Somewhere Charles Darwin is just saying to himself, look, you'll either figure out a way around it or you, uh, you know, you won't grow up to have bat kids of your own.
3: There are plenty of birds around.
2: Yeah, it's not like we're short on birds or trees in the gorge, anyway. Let's do a couple more here and we'll take a break and get caught
3: up. So somebody thought on Thanksgiving, what better idea than to kidnap people? Three men accused of holding a Longview man at gunpoint Thanksgiving morning have been arrested. The cops say Brian Clark, Joshua Clark, and Eugenio Colon broke into an apartment and held a man inside to get $400 from him. The three suspects beat up the victim, used a butcher knife to burn the man's face. I guess they heated the knife. Uh, the victim told police the suspects threatened to throw him out a second-story window. What? That's shocking. But get is, this, is he alive? Get, is he dead? He, he is. They, they didn't get the $400, but they came close. They got $12. <laughs> they, they held this guy for, for three hours, and now you get $12 whole dollars.
2: Did they? $12?
3: $12. Did they,
2: now, do they know the guy?
3: Uh, yes. The four men uh, involved knew each other prior to the incident.
2: Wait, I'm so confused. How many guys held how many guys hostage?
3: Three guys
2: held one guy hostage, mm-hmm. but they, they all kind of used knew each knife other.
3: To burn his face.
2: So they went into his house, held him hostage, and said, "Give us four hundred dollars,
3: Oh, we're going to throw you out the window."
2: But a second floor window, which wouldn't even kill you. Right. You'd have to throw him out like a dozen times.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, eventually, I guess he talked him down to twelve dollars. Is that like a haggling sort of a <laughs> yeah. thing?
2: How about the twelve dollars I mean, and a toaster? I mean, seriously,
3: out. friend, you know me good enough. <laughs> Do you really think I'm worth four hundred dollars? What do Jesus. you have? Uh, well, I have a ten here, and I think I have some two two dollars in change. <laughs> Look
2: under the sofa cushions. You probably get a buck fifty out of that.
3: They have three. They have three hours to kill. Try two zone pass. Come on. Be- before they thought about throwing them out of a second story window. I
2: got this coupon for the subway. Well, that's wonderful.
3: So they're charged with uh, assault, burglary, kidnapping.
2: And I would imagine with just simple stupidity. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, twelve dollars. Let's do one more here, and we'll take Seriously.
3: a break. Uh, the pirates are really uh, taking over the world. But a luxury ship chased them away at $30,000. I make that a I might go with a $30,000 ship, Be really. A 30,000-ton luxury ship outran pirates. The Eunotica was in an area patrolled by the International Anti-Piracy Task Force. but two small boats appeared to intercept it, the ship took evasive manures and accelerated the speed. But one of the smaller craft closed in within 300 yards and fired eight rifle shots at the cruise ship. This is one of those love boat things. It was the first report of a pirate attack in a passenger ship this year. They had a couple of uh, passenger yachts hijacked, and that was uh, quite smaller. So the pirates are becoming uh, quite common, and they're turning up everywhere now.
2: Well, so that's so that's my thing So like why why now with the piracy? I, I mean, what know. is the deal? Like, is that a, that seems to be a growth industry at this time? But I don't really understand why that is just. Is there some law that just lapsed, or is there some agency that used to prevent that and now it doesn't? Like, I believe it
3: was called the Navy.
2: But, I mean, well, maybe that, that actually... The, the, and they there, don't care. There After might the last
3: be, year, they told people they are on their own. <laughs> there might
2: be something to that, actually, that our military is uh, spread necessarily thin mm-hmm. at the moment.
3: Uh, pirates have recently reached a deal with the orders of a Ukrainian ship loaded with arms.
2: How can you reach a deal with pirates?
3: Apparently they did.
2: Pirates have reached a deal? Mm-hmm. Is there some sort of negotiating table where they sit and, like, some Jimmy Hopper guy, like, tries to hammer out, you know, his the, the, the side of it for his people?
3: Give yeah, us a couple of pig legs and... <laughs> A couple of daggers, and we'll be fine.
2: The best part about all these piracy stories is they're all, if you watch CNN and they'll talk about the piracy on the high seas, they always, in the first sentence or two, have to tell you not to laugh at the story. All oh, but like Miles O'Brien or somebody be like, well, it's no laughing matter. Piracy is on the upswing. Or they'll say, like, eh, you know, well, it, a recent pirate attack, but this is no Hollywood movie. Or they'll say, uh, you know, well, for those who buy into the romantic myth of the pirate, Here's the sad, sobering truth behind those stories. They always have to, in the very beginning of the story, urge you like to take it seriously and not to snicker, which doesn't work because every time you talk about a pirate, especially when you say something like the pirates have recently reached a deal, you don't you you just, with you can't help it. You just see the guy with the hook and the eye patch across the table going, Dar, I see nothing here about comprehensive dental or Johnny Depp pressing. <laughs> exactly. Well, what about this? What about will your will your international confederacy of uh, pirates and wayfarers accept this deal? No, we need a stronger coal pay clause. Gar, you know. And and then he just and then he like dashes the guy with, with his hook. See, and there I am again, not taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. Anyway, how long until these Carnival cruise lines, by the way, just get Gatling guns on board?
3: Yeah, that'd be great.
2: For, I mean, really, it's, it's international waters. I don't think that they could stop them. Mm-hmm. Pirate gets too close. Boom one one dead pirate
3: so it could be kind of a game
2: seriously hey for like a buck it'd be like that thing on the space you know you put 50 cents in and then the, the then the little telescope works for five minutes mm-hmm. you wouldn't like a put in like a hundred bucks you get to shoot at some pirates with a gun i mean if pirates right, are just sure enough if pirates are approaching like cruise lines and just beginning to fire it seems like you have no choice but to fire back
3: i don't mean to be cruel but they're asking for it
2: pirates yes oh no they're totally they're pirates as Johnny Depp would say, "Hello, pirate." So, I mean, it, if there's no navy, if there's no military, if there's if you're in international waters where there's no law and a pirate is approaching your cruise boat and firing weapons at you, I think by definition your only choice there really is to fire back. So, uh, so that's that's the thing that I demand that like uh, that like the Princess Cruise Line immediately have now. You know, like at 8 o'clock, Right Said Fred performs, and then at 9, we all go on the deck and we fire guns at pirates. Excellent. Fantastic. Let's take a break. We'll come back uh, later on. More from, uh, later on, we'll have uh, Steve Kastenbaum from CNN. Around the corner, more from Tim Riley. Coming up, Double Geek Watch, uh, Joy of Christmas, and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Kemmerer's radio program. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. 32970 and then here's the problem with playing that Left for Dead game. Like all video games, it's got that thing where if you play it too long, you close your eyes and you just still see it everywhere. Like back when I was, I all right. this is many, many, many years ago. This is back in the Paleolithic era. But I used to have a real problem with Super Mario Brothers. Uh, like way back when, and. I would do that thing where I would play Super Mario Brothers for it just seemed like hours. I mean it probably was it didn't seem like hours. It, it probably was hours. I
4: lost the summer of my life's Legend of Zelda oh. every day. Waking up near sun up to sundown. <laughs> my too. mom thought I'd be playing outside and then I'd sneak back into the house. Get some fresh air. Okay, mom.
2: And then you're back in the window, you know, mm-hmm. up in your bedroom with the earphones on. <laughs> but I remember playing Super Mario Brothers. And then later I would try to read one of those books that people talk about. And I would open it up, and I swear to God, I would just see, like, a little Mario like, running across the lines of text because it looked like my eyes had just had been, like, burnt into my eyes. So all last time i trying to sleep, and I just kept, it, like, all my dreams were from this first-person shooter perspective where it's like, like, in my dream I'd be going to, like, Taco Bell, but it would be like a gun going into Taco Bell, and I'm just sort of walking along. Okay,
4: you need to now, you know what I'm You
2: know what I'm saying. I'm not talking that, like I wasn't having violent dreams as such, but I'm saying when you play that game, it's a first-person shooter. So it's like everything is done from your own perspective, but there's just like the barrel of a gun. I'm not going to be taking a gun into Taco Bell. Let's be very clear about that. But, but it's like that perspective just sort of ingrains itself in you. And just uh, my final thought about Left 4 Dead. We'll talk about it more later. First of all, as I was saying earlier, that um, you know, with the uh, with uh, with games, even first-person shooters, I typically don't play online. Um, I mean, I'll go like weeks and weeks and months and just play the campaign, which is basically you against the computer, like with Halo or with this game Black. Because uh, Black is a great first-person shooter, but there actually is no online. There's no multiplayer for it. So with Black, and Black, I up until I started playing Left 4 Dead, Black was actually the first, the best shooter I'd ever played. And so I would just spend all my time playing the Black campaign game. But um, uh, but Left 4 Dead, I started playing the campaign. Then I'm like, well, I'll give that. Uh, I have this Xbox Live membership. I'll give that online thing a try. First of all, online, you do reach a point, because it's a zombie game, you do reach a point where you can actually, instead of being a human, you can be a zombie. So you are a zombie attacking people, which is great. But the online, the multiplayer online for Left 4 Dead is just unbelievably addictive. It's just, it's like the best thing I've ever played. So I got to think real long and hard about whether I'm going to buy that thing, because I can just see it just sucking away. It's like life be gone, all of my free time going right into this black hole of this uh, this Xbox game. Jesus. All right, here's Tim Riley. What? If not, how...
3: What? If not, how about the Twister game?
2: Um, wait, hold on. Scrabble. Twister. What the hell? What was that all about? Oh, that's me. Hold on. Twister.
3: I barely knew her. All right. Are that you going to into a story, answers?
2: or are you just actually suggesting <laughs> that I play Twister?
3: I was suggesting that.
2: Hey, here's a question. Does anybody know, uh, doesn't Twister now seem like one of those games that is only played ironically at like grown-up parties? Usually drunk Mm -hmm. sometimes. And and
3: who would want to because these people are rotund by now. Totally. And they're trying to crawl around you. If one of them fell on you, that would be it. Two things. Or you want
4: to play, if you want to get, like, sexy with somebody. Sexy twister. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm just saying I've never, I myself have never done it, but somebody, it seems like, people, no, it seems like if somebody had that at their house to be like, hey, you want to play a game of Twister? It seems like a way to woo the lady.
2: I actually was, I actually do know what you're talking about because it's that seems like, and I don't know if they really do this in real life or maybe they only do this in movies where it's like, let's play Strip Twister, and that's I think a thing that only happens in like American Pie sequels. I don't know that people really play Strip Twister. I mean, unless people run with like a much more exciting crowd than I do, so.
3: It sounds but, like something that somebody would do downtown to be defiant. Totally. They're going to
2: be arrested. Exactly. To just stick it to the man because uh, it's performance art. So Twister, yeah, A, it seems like a thing only played by adults, always ironically, sometimes sexily. But then to your point, Tim, I wonder if they've had to ex- like make the Twister mat bigger to accommodate the fact that we're all just fat oh, yes. bastards. And wider. Yeah, I mean, that I, I can't imagine you could fit more than one person on a Twister oh, mat now. That is true. Then not seem like they ought to be making some Twister for the, for the Wii or whatever, though, where it registers where your feet are or something? Seems like a thing they ought to do. Um, Twister's just a weird game. That's a, that's a game from a weird time in our mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm. I don't think people want to play. I think that would be an awkward game that would lead to, like, sexual harassment suits now.
3: Oh, that could be like an office party? Totally, yeah. All
2: right, here's Tim Riley.
3: Tina Fey is revealing the dramatic origin of that scar that appears on the left side of her face. She says she was playing in her parents' yard. I wonder if this is recent. It's when she was a kid. Oh, when she was a kid. And someone approached her and violently cut her cheek while she was playing by herself. She tells a magazine, it's impossible to talk about it, except for now. And since I'm in Vanity Fair, why not? It's almost like I'm able to forget about it until I was on camera.
2: Yeah, it's the weirdest thing, I guess, since she was five years old, like, some guy just came by the front yard, hey, little girl, and, like, cut her face Hmm. and, like, ran away. uh, That's weird. Which is, you know, and the thing is, I got to say, I've actually never noticed that scar until this article. Yeah. They were like, what about that scar on Tina Fey's face? And I was like, what what scar? And (coughs) I've never even noticed it until this article. So, it's not, I mean, it's, you know, it's there, but it's not, I would say it's not that prominent. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Time for the joy of Christmas.
2: Okay. All right, here we go. This is the now we had sort of like a uh, like a dry run of this last week. Here it is, though. Uh it is December, and what better December first. What better day, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Uh, for two thousand eight, the inaugural edition of the Rick Emerson show's Joy of Christmas.
0: We wish you a Merry Christmas.
2: Oh. There's a, there's a <laughs> the best part, and I think I mentioned this last week, I never noticed this uh-huh. until we played this last week. I might have you play the opening again here for just a second. First of all, doesn't it sound kind of like, uh, not goofy, but doesn't it sound like Mickey Mouse a little bit?
4: I thought it was Mickey Mouse. See,
2: I don't think it is. I think it's... It, it reminded me of Gremlins. I don't... Uh, see, it's not Gremlins, and I don't think it's Mickey Mouse. I, I, I think it's like one of those Kids Bop CDs or whatever. But the best part at the end is how he actually says, hey, everybody, look at this. Then there's a final gunshot. Can you play it one more time? This is the opening here for Jordan.
3: It's the last one they catch you. It really is. (laughs) Turn your back. Uh,
2: All right. Tim (laughs) Riley.
3: So let me start by telling you it is Cyber Monday. This is to get you to, to uh, go online and buy something. It's called Cyber Monday by the National Retail Federation Trade Group. This started in 2005. It is the unofficial kickoff of the online retail season. When customers uh, shopped at their desks as they returned to work.
2: Okay, but that's just more made-up stuff. I saw that right it, here. It, it's soon.
3: like Kwanzaa. But uh, more deals are advertised ahead of time, and more consumers with high-speed access Internet at home do their shopping at home. So they've tracked their retail sales at 50,000 outlets and sales rose 3%. So it's uh, not the busiest online shopping day of the year that occurs in December as the deadline approaches. Wait, so... But this is just to encourage you to buy something online today.
2: Okay, wait, so they're saying... So somebody actually did say something like this in the 11 o'clock hour. So so Black Friday, this past Friday, Mm -hmm. it actually was not down. It was up by 3%.
3: That's incredible.
2: So the actual shopping was up by 3%? That's That's not today, Cyber Monday. That's Black Friday. Yeah. These are all these are all made up. I'm looking here. The, the, you can su- make up anything, really. So we should completely come up with like I mean,
3: a. There's nobody. There hasn't been anybody working all weekend, so somebody <laughs> sat down and made up something to get the ball rolling this morning.
2: Right here on the prep sheet, it says it's the online equivalent of Black Friday. The Monday after Thanksgiving is known as Cyber Monday. First of all, here's how you know that this was made up by some jackass. Mm-hmm. And my apologies to whatever the jackass is. No one says cyber anything anymore unless they're being sort of kooky. We're or if it's on the
3: World Wide Web. On the information superhighway. Made made huh? by people in their 50s.
2: Completely. So unless you're in a James Cameron film, nothing is called cyber anything anymore. That's how you know this is made up. There is no Cyber Monday. I mean, I will acknowledge maybe there is a Black Friday just because they've been saying it for so long. There is no Cyber Monday. And then sometimes in the prep sheet they'll list these stories that seem fascinating. And then frustratingly enough, they won't have the correspondent available. Right here. Uh, along with the shopping, decorating, and get-togethers, CNN's Jim Roop reports it's also the season for rehab. And then there's like no, but then he's not available to talk about it today. It's very frustrating.
3: Is that the, the rehabilitation of old products? I, it doesn't or say. Or the rehabilitation of people? Or, or like, a like
2: physical rehab or like drug rehab? doesn't say. And apparently we'll never know because they haven't booked it today. All right, here's Tim Riley.
3: Meanwhile, somebody has traveled to death at a Long Island Walmart. Mm-hmm. This happened on Black Friday during a stampede. It was a walnut, work, a walnut a Walmart worker <laughs> who died after being trampled to death when hundreds of shoppers smashed through the doors at the Long Island store. A 34-year-old employee, a temporary maintenance worker, uh, tried to hold back the unruly cl- crowds just as the store opened at 5 a.m. It was a surging throng of shoppers knocking the man down. He fell and was stepped on repeatedly. He gasped for air, but nobody cared. Uh, Mm. So this is cut on camera. Death by capitalism. He was a bum rush by 200 people, said Jimmy, a 43-year-old co-worker. They took the doors off the hinges. He was trampled to death in front of me. First of all... They took me down, too, but he was able to fight back. They They took the
4: doors off the hinges? Mm -hmm. I mean,
2: what is the guy who's dead? What's his name? Uh, Does it say? I don't have a all right. Well, Sorry, so he's. So here's the thing. I don't mean to sound uh, crass or whatever, but I. Uh, but uh, you know, he's dead. Nothing we can do about it. So all we can. At Walmart. All we can do now is draw life lessons. So let me now speak to everybody out there who is a retail worker, a temp, some sort of uh, you got some uh, as they used to say, just a J O B. Just you know, in other words, you're not an owner. You're not a manager. I'm guessing this guy, he's a temporary maintenance worker. He didn't own stock in the company. That's a guy that didn't have profit sharing. Friend, it's not worth it. Don't care about your job that much. No. This is what caring about a job like that gets you. And I'm not, it's not, I'm not trying to knock Walmart. I'm just saying if you're a temporary employee, you just got some bad, like, part-time job that you don't necessarily want to get through, don't invest yourself personally in jobs like this. It never pays off in the end, and you're going to end up trampled by some fat bastard Americans. Jesus, that's a bad way to die, man. Spending your last moments trampled by some idiots from the suburbs, mm-hmm. trying to get low-priced consumer goods and flat-screen televisions, gasping for air, thinking to yourself,
3: $9 an hour.
2: <laughs> oh, not even that. No
3: way to go. Jesus. Part two. We now take you to Palm Desert, California. Two men shot and killed each other at a crowded Toys R Us. Adding to the nationwide violence at Marred Black Friday. Alejandro Moreno of Hot Desert Springs and Juan Mesa, of Cathedral City, were found dead around 11.30 a.m. outside the store. Two handguns have been recovered at the scene, indicating the two men shot each other.
2: Oh, wait, so they're both dead?
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Are we sure they're both
3: dead? Let me double check here. Yes, two men dead. Actually, why well, that works out. Sort of a self-cleaning oven kind of a thing. Uh Nobody else was in the pack store. Uh have been
2: killed or injured in the melee. So the, but this is the best kind of violence, the kind that was just sort of contained within those who yes. started it.
3: The men produced guns after women they were with got into an altercation with each other. The couples may have known each other <laughs> and have previous disputes.
2: I bet they played naked twister at some point, and then somebody looked at somebody's wife a little too long or in the wrong way.
3: So it was kind of like a duel at Toys R Us.
2: <laughs> I'm going to meet you in the Barbie aisle at 6 a.m., 20 paces, mister. So... It was so as it always is. It was like the the two women squabbling, and then the guys have to settle it. But they both have guns. What kind of couples are these that they're? Who brings
4: a gun to Toys R Us?
2: Seriously.
3: Well, this may have been organized beforehand, (laughs)
2: like some sort of a like it was going to be a gag, Mm -hmm. some sort of no, no, no. And then we'll take out guns. We'll pretend to duel. So the women are fighting, and then the men, who, in a true WTF moment, as Sarah said, have both brought guns to the Toys R Us. Uh Who packs to a toy store? There's just something wrong with that. Were are you going to be fighting over the last Metroid 2008 cartridge? So, and then the guys are dueling. The, I mean, it's impossible not to find it funny. The guys, it's, there's open gunplay in a toy store between two... In
4: it or outside of it? Outside of it.
2: I outside, like in the parking lot. They didn't even make it into the store before they started fighting. They were just shooting at each other. Maybe they had, I'm not saying this is the case, maybe they'd planned to rob the toy store. And then there was a dispute about divvying up the money. You could working backward from the conclusion, you could create endless amounts of like what led up to this plots, Mm -hmm. like they were gonna rob it. The women got into some fight about splitting up the cash or whatever, Uh, you know, or or which one had to be the, uh, you know, which one had to be the diversionary tactic, and then the guys shooting at each other. Back on this trampling for a second, I have all kinds of questions about this. When did the Walmart? 5 a.m. Okay, now, was the store open yet?
3: No, they were opening it.
2: So they were trying. Oh, so this was the. They knocked the doors down. This was. That was behind it. Was this. KCMD Portland. Was this the poor sod who had the job of going up and turning the lock and opening the door? Uh huh. Oh man! That's job you don't, want. don't you feel like that ought to be automated by this point? Mm-hmm. Like, you want to be able to press a button from inside, like a panic room, yeah. <laughs> like one of those Jodie Foster safe rooms, and you press a big red button and the bolt goes like, and the door opens. Jesus! And so he's there, and he must have just said like, stand back, and they they didn't listen, and so he's getting ready to open the door, and he's like, no, 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 one of the one of the single file for the love of God! And then and then he's just dead. So. I just... I can't... There's so many things I want to know about this. Is there? I don't ask this to be morbid, but is there security footage of this? Because there's so many questions left unanswered.
3: Let's see. I have here a photo taken moments before the door opened. Oh, really? Oh, I have to oh, see, I see it. See it too. But, I mean, there are a lot of people there. Naturally, the rest of everything has been locked up for now. Wow. So you got to go person by person and try to identify. Well, see,
2: them. that's my thing. So if there's... Yeah, they can do that. If there's security footage, I wonder if there's some guy who's going to be going through all that security footage... And trying to identify the tramplers. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Can you imagine if there's like some mass trial for the Walmart tramplers? That'd be great. It really would. That'd be satisfying to watch. Um, So then, and and then I guess they all just ran over the guy, like sort of who concert style. And just nobody, nobody bothered to stop and help him. Jesus. Yeah. And so then I can't find the video, of course, now. I, I saw it this weekend and now it's gone. This video on Yahoo News. Just like all of these idiots punching each other in the face. Look, I I love my Xbox, you know. Don't get me wrong. I'm not gonna grapple anybody for it. I mean, unless you're trying to steal it from my house. I mean, I'm in a store. And they don't, they, you know, they don't have an Xbox controller. I'm gonna let it go. But the, all of these I mean, adults. I mean, they're all 50. They're on the ground, just a bunch of fat, stupid American bastards rolling around on the floor, wrestling each other, and at one point punching each other in the teeth. For the last remaining Xbox at some uh retail store. It is just it's so wonderful to watch. It is just it's like a front row seat to the circus to the freak show.
3: Here's Tim Riley. And that is the Joy of Christmas. There you go. There's our inaugural
2: Joy of Christmas for two thousand eight.
0: We wish you a Merry Christmas. You a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you Merry
2: Christmas. And New Year. That's wonderful. I love this country. Here's Tim Riley.
3: Well, in case you missed it, uh, Sarah Palin is campaigning for somebody in Georgia. Oh. She says, "Just because they didn't win the presidential primary, there's no reason to give up."
0: Senator McCain came back here
7: because he understands that losing an election does not mean we have to lose our way. He is ready to carry on the good fight in Washington, but he needs Saxby to help him do it.
3: I don't understand what what is she doing? She's campaigning for Republican Saxby oh, Chambliss. Oh, what kind of Chamb- name is that? Saxby Chambliss. The Saks
2: B Chamberlain. Does he, is he have a smoking jacket? Is he, is he speaking from the club? I don't know. Is he speaking from the club with the other boys as he drinks brandy from a snifter? That I'm actually.
4: Somebody named Sax.
2: And that actually would explain. Let's see if I have it here. I got an email this morning from John McCain. It's one of those things that I was getting all the time before the election. Uh, let me see if I got in here quick. Let me see if I can find this. John McCain. John McCain. John McCain. John McCain. Now nah, I can't find it. I must have deleted it. But I got a thing this morning from the John McCain campaign, and it said something. It was like one battle left to fight. That must be this.
3: Saxby Chambliss.
2: Saxby Chambliss. Doesn't Saxby Chambliss sound like he'd be wearing a monocle too, and like a big gray mm-hmm. like handlebar moustache? And well then, Dadsey and Mumsy are taking me to the club to play squash later. And then he, you know, and then he drinks. And then he drinks like uh, some sherry. All right, it's Tim Riley.
3: So that's that's the end of Sarah Palin. All right. Uh, so let's, uh, oh, let's do a Britney watch. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh,
2: dude, I got lots to say about Britney, too. Here's, uh, your Britney watch from Monday for Monday. The Emerson Radio
3: program! Ah. Britney has made a new television program. Despite problems in her personal and professional life over the past few years, Britney won't allow herself to have bad days. In the new documentary, Britney, for the record, the 26-year-old pop singer says she strives very hard to be happy.
6: I choose to be a happy person. I choose not to be a bitter person. If I have a bad day, I get really, really angry with myself. And... I flip it and I tell myself I'm going to have a good day. I'm going to be strong. I will be strong, and
3: that's how I choose to be. Watch for our new album entitled Circus.
2: Uh, so now I'll say this: uh, I will say that uh, if you look on the the YouTubes, uh, I you can see there like snippets and songs and whatever from the from the Circus. That have, I, don't, I don't know if they've been intentionally leaked or if it's like you know, or whatever. But uh, if you look around on the YouTubes, you can hear some of the stuff from this upcoming record. And I was telling Sarah. There is this song on this Britney, uh, which I guess comes out tomorrow, maybe. Let's see here. I think it's tomorrow. I think it's Tuesday. It comes out. it usually never never
3: come out on Tuesday. Sometimes. On your desk on Tuesday. Yeah. See, I can
2: going for ads now. Already impacting it. Kiss FM. I can never tell because like Chinese Democracy came out on a Sunday. It's a it's a world gone mad. So <laughs> I was telling Sarah this morning when she came in. I'm like, you gotta hear this Britney thing on this upcoming Britney Spears record, Circus. There is really one of the best crafted pop songs I've heard in years. Mm-hmm. It's just, and that Womanizer single is already, I mean, that was really, really good. There is this song, uh, and I actually don't think I can even say the title on the air, because the title is, uh, is a bit of a double entendre. Um, So it's...
0: I think you, never, uh, I
4: never, yeah, well, no, I, I'm not going to say it, right? Yeah. but I
2: mean, like, I didn't get it. I was talking to Laura about it after I explained the title and after what it meant. After I means.
4: know what it means.
2: Because Laura said, she goes, well, could you play that? And I'll, I'll talk more about it here in a second, but this is on this Britney Spears record, there is this song written by Max Martin, who's the guy that did Hit Me Baby One More Time and, uh, you know, all, all of those, those big hits. Um, he's written this song about – it is a song about Britney going to a club or being at a club, but it is about Britney's sort of alternate club persona, like her mirror self, and I don't sound like way too deep about the whole thing, but it's sort of like her alternate personality or whatever, the uh, the Slim Shady to her Marshall Mathers. Um, And her alternate personality's name is Amy. And so there is this song whose title I cannot say on the air, even though it's not technically profane. It is, is though, again, a, a bit of an Escher painting of a title, linguistically speaking. There is a song, and if you go online, you can see the track listing, and you can see the song I'm talking about. And it is a uh, uh, about uh, if you might be looking for or seeking a girl named Amy. Mm-hmm. And I know that I'm sounding, I know this whole thing sounds really weird and, and, and convoluted, but you'll understand when you read the title of the song that I why I can't say it on the air. Um, but I told Sarah this morning, I'm like, you got to hear part of this Britney Spears song. It is, it's the song. I'm guaranteeing you this right now. It's the track everybody's going to be talking about. You just, they'll be bumping it in clubs or whatever it is they do. Yeah. It's the song that everybody is going to talk about on this record. As great as Womanizer is, and I'm a big fan of well-crafted pop.
4: I uh, don't still love Womanizer. Yeah,
2: Womanizer so I was listening. I listened to that song all weekend. Womanizer, uh, because I was I, because I had read a whole thing about this upcoming Britney record, and like I said, there was a part of this, this song was online. Um, so I was kind of in a Brit. I was in a Britney kind of mood, and so I was listening to that Womanizer track and thinking how great the video is for it and whatever. But if you go online, you look up the track listing for Britney's new record, and you look up this uh, song with Amy in the title. That is the song that's going to be a huge hit. It's going to make a big. Uh, it's going to make a big splash. You mark my words. You you heard that? That
4: is so clever.
2: Are you looking at the song title? Yeah. Yeah. So um, you you write down the, the date and time that Rick Emerson told you that song was going to be big because it is.
3: Right. Britney says there is uh, no longer any excitement in her life. She adds that being a mother and being able to express herself through art is what gets her out of bed every morning. Yes, circus hits the stores tomorrow. This is the same day that Britney celebrates her 27th birthday God. and will perform on ABC's Good Morning America.
2: 27. She just seems like so much older than that. She, yeah. Can I tell you this? Here's a. You'll appreciate this, Tim. So, Lar and I were at the we're at Lloyd's Center this weekend because you know we're doing this whole thing. We went to uh, the Jubil Truck Stop for Thanksgiving, and then Saturday, and I'll, I'll tell more about this later because I've got a whole day. But Saturday we went to. Uh, <coughs> We went to the Lloyd Center A because I had to return some crap, and b uh because it's just great people watching there you know I mean there's this and i and i'm and you know, i 've talked about this before, but I am a sucker for for Christmas decorations at the mall i don't know why, and I think I might be alone in that actually i, I don 't know anybody else that gets really excited about going to a mall and looking at like the big fake snowflake at the the Macy's with white lights on it or something but but Christmas decorations at the mall are are just one of the true joys of the holiday season for me. So, Lauren, I go to the mall, and I take in my uh, crap, and I return it. And, uh, you know, I get the proper size boxer shorts. And, by the way, can I just say this? Yes. So, I inadvertently bought, like, ten pair of boxer shorts that are double XL or something. And they're just, they're huge. They're, like, tents. And, I mean, you know, I'm still not, like, the slimmest guy on earth, but they're just not going to fit me. So, I go back to the Gap. and uh, Again
4: with the Gap? They're just boxer
2: shorts. Get off my back.
4: The person just started with, oh, it's just jeans. Now it's just your undies, too.
2: You're not going to see them? What do you care? What do you care where they're from, Sarah? Why do you judge me? Don't hate. I'm just saying it's like th- 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 that's a perfectly acceptable place to buy boxer shorts. They're not like they're going to be seen by really just me. Seems, and Mar- uh,
4: well, exactly. It seems overpriced to be spending you know money on boxer shorts at a name brand place.
2: Well, where would you recommend that I buy them? I mean, I'm and I'm asking know, can't that you sincerely get, like,
4: generic ones like or go, go to a jockey outlet or like go to
2: generic boxer shorts.
4: Like I mean, go to like Target or something or Fred Meyer. And well, there.
2: I guess that's true. No, I guess that's a fair point. <laughs> Right, well, it's just
4: like you raise a good point. If it's only you and Laura spending well, them, I mean, why are you spending like fifteen bucks a pop?
2: Well, can I tell you the real? Can I tell you the real reason for that. Okay. Part of it is also that, as I think I've said before, occasionally the dog will have to go out late at night, and I'll just walk out in the little gardener in front of my house in my boxer shorts. Oh my and <sighs> I'm just Rick,
4: saying, no. <laughs> life is never too busy to not put your pants on, <laughs> oh, especially in that
2: neighborhood. And so I'm always afraid that if You're I get
4: standing out there in your underwear,
2: well, but really no one can see me. But but if they did. I like to feel the Gap boxer shorts are thick enough that they per- they will uh, cloak my person from passerby. Well, passersby. the worst part
3: about that is someone's about to come up with a gun God. and demand them.
2: <laughs> Give me your boxer shorts.
3: <laughs> Give me your fancy pants. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Anywho, uh, but of course, I went into exchange all of these boxer shorts that I bought in the wrong size, and I'm just, you know I'm not getting a refund, just trading them right across. But between like two weeks ago when I bought them and this weekend when I returned them, they've rotated their. Uh, hey Richie, can you um? I don't know if you're screening these calls or not, but I'm not seeing anything on the screen. You might need to restart your call screening software. I'm not seeing any of this screening information, which I apologize. Um, but in between when I bought the boxer shorts and when I returned them, they have rotated all their inventory. And now every single pair of boxer shorts that the Gap is selling is Christmas decorated. So I had no choice. So I have, now I have 10 pair of Christmas. So like next, like in June, I'm going to be wearing like a big snowflake boxer shorts because it's all they had. Um but uh, so after I do that, we're sitting out on the bench and she's like drinking her. She got some cider or whatever. So we're sitting there and we're doing the people watching and we play that. Have you ever played the the 10 game? No. The 10 game when you're doing people watching is you'll say like, uh, like Sarah, if you and I were playing the 10 game, you sit on a bench and you walk people watch by the, watch people walk by in the mall and you say, look, uh, the next 10 guys who come by, you got to pick one of the next 10 guys to come by to be like your your man, to be like your lover man. Because the deal is by guy... Have
4: you would play this with your wife? <laughs>
2: cause the, yeah, because the deal is by guy number 10, if you haven't picked one, guy number 10 is the guy.
0: Okay.
4: So it's
2: like a gambling game. It's like, you know, so the guy one walks by and he, well, he's kind of weird looking. Guy two, he's okay. Guy three, he's hideous. Guy four, eh. And you got to pick one of them because if you haven't, by the end of the... T- like the 10th guy is the guy. Okay. And if you don't pick early, guy 10 always is like missing his teeth and he's got, he's got like a stump leg. So um, So we totally do this though where it's like, you know, like the 10 girls or the 10 guys... Um, but just the the people watching at that store is just it's unbelievable.
4: Oh, I love going to Lloyd Center just to watch people.
2: And so we were doing the whole thing of she's like, okay, the next ten girls that walk by, like you gotta you know you gotta pick the one that like would be your special lady friend, or and if you don't, like the tenth one is it. And there were these girls who walked by. And I actually asked a clarifying question. I said, now, wait a minute. Now, these – I can't tell how old these girls are. I don't want to be the creepy guy picking like a 15-year-old. What is – what's the age of these girls? And they were doing the slow zombie walks. So we had a lot of time. We – I could – for the life of me could not figure out – they were either like 25-year-olds who were still dressing real young, and one of them was pregnant, but that doesn't really tell you anything – or they were fifteen-year-olds who had had a rough fifteen years already. Mm-hmm. It was like fifteen-year-olds with a smoker's skin.
4: Lloyd Center would probably say the latter. That Dude, like Miley Cyrus.
2: seriously, they—I wish I had been able to somehow take a picture of them to bring you guys, because it was the weirdest. They looked like those kids you sometimes see on the Science Channel that have that disease that ages you, where you look like seventy.
4: What is it, Crohn's? No,
2: no, that's a that's a bowel thing, but it's like that disease where, like, you know, you get like little kids that look like senior citizens these 15-year-old girls, they look like they were about 50. I mean, it was unbelievable.
4: It's weird. Children these days are like teenagers or whatever. I can't tell the difference between a 21-year-old and like a 14-year-old. That was the other thing. Because I'll see people in bars, and I'm like, that person's like 12. Like, what totally. are they doing here? They'll find out they're 21. Totally. So
2: so that was on Saturday. We went to Lloyd's uh, Lloyd Center. Uh, now, next Saturday, we're going to do the opposite end of the spectrum. So next Saturday, we're looking for the most upscale mall. What would that be, Tim? You're a... Uh, you travel in those circles. What's the most upscale I would say shopping? Washington
4: hall? Square. I would agree with him. That's
2: what she said. Okay, yeah. good. Washington That's Square. That's where
3: most of
4: the money is. Oh, will you pick me up some stuff from Sephora if you go there?
2: Sure. What's that?
4: Thanks. It's a makeup place. Oh, it's sure only might. out
2: there. You can eat at the Cheesecake Factory. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah, Lloyd Center, and now we're going to Washington, We're going to uh, to Washington Square uh, next Saturday to see how the other half shops, and then we're going to get our dogs' pictures taken with Santa. That's right, I said it. Everybody can just... Are you bringing uh,
4: both the dogs with you to Washington Square?
2: Eat a bag if you don't like that. What?
3: Are you bringing both of the dogs to Washington Square?
2: Well, Tim, is there like a Petco or something out there? Where do you get McGee's picture taken? You've done that, right?
3: I have, and I came into town to do that. We got uh, Max... The Santa was belligerent and refused to put on his beard. and I I I wouldn't go any further until he did. The Santa did not want to be there.
2: The Santa refused to put on his beard?
3: Well, I had to give him a hard time about it. He finally put it on, but, you know, not wholeheartedly.
2: (laughs) He was belligerent. First of all, the idea that Santa was belligerent is pretty great. Where
4: was this, or should we not name the business? We should...
2: Well, let's not name the store, but was it at a, uh, a store that sells things for dogs and yes. other animals? Mm. Sarah's uh, gaining your attention okay. over there, Tim. Okay. All right. There all right. Mean. So, well, that's weird. <laughs> Well, um
3: people are always belligerent to me everywhere.
2: Well, we went to Lloyd Center last year and the dog, we asked the Santa there, we're like, well, look, we know you normally do kids, would you take a picture of the dog? And he's like, no problem. And I got the feeling he liked something that couldn't talk. So we, <laughs> So Max got, I must say, a pretty adorable picture thing with Santa last year.
4: I remember that picture of his little pig nose.
2: Totally. Uh, so this year, though, Max and Philo are both going to get their photos taken with Santa. So I'm thinking about maybe hitting like a pet store or something for that. Also, and everybody else, again, you can just, uh, you can go suck some cheese if you don't like this. I got to buy myself another stocking because Max is a stocking, but Philo does not. So I got to buy a Philo a stocking to hang up because we did all of our Christmas decorating this weekend. Uh, all of our Christmas decorations are up, except for this one pesky uh, box that I can't find that has all of my Christmas coffee mugs, and that's very important to me. I have mugs for every season of the year, so I just put away my Halloween mugs. I can't find my Christmas mugs. They're they've gone somewhere. They're in the basement. That's weird. So anyway, so I'm gonna get the Max and Philo. Their pictures taken with Santa next. Saturday, Tim, at the Washington Square Mall, which is where the Upper Crust do their shopping. Yes. All right. Let's do uh, one more here, and we'll talk to Steve Kastenbaum, and then we'll review, uh, resume the news.
3: I forgot what we were talking about.
2: I don't know. Today's one of those... Don't you feel like Wednesday was a... We were all kind of in vacation mode, and today is like we're burning off all of that vacation stuff that's been piling up. Yes. So A little bit... Uh, good show, yeah, but I...
3: We're well into the holiday season, too. Totally. It has that, that holiday feeling, too. Yeah. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about elephants and Bob Barker. <laughs> Bob Barker doesn't want the L.A. Zoo to keep animals anymore. He said the zoos are too small to keep elephants happy.
5: It's a question of how many elephants have to die at the Los Angeles Zoo
1: before
5: the zoo comes to terms with the fact that it is impossible
1: to have elephants in a zoo and remain
2: healthy and happy. All right, can I tell you uh, two things? Uh, First of all, Barker. I barely knew her. Secondly, doesn't Bob Barker have such a huge presence in the popular culture, and let's be honest, in our formative years, because a lot of us watched Price is Right as children.
3: And he has that familiar, comfortable voice. Exactly, like uh, Paul Harvey, sort of. Mm -hmm. He does sound a lot like Paul
2: Harvey, actually. Did we all watch Price is Right as children?
3: Yes.
4: No. Really? Mm -mm. That's
2: interesting. Um, oh, you well, oh, you live really in you live watch... in Spain. Yeah, for I wasn't really allowed
4: to watch a lot of TV. Oh,
2: see, so, you know, I, I I was allowed to watch all the TV I wanted, <laughs> and,
3: and I worked at TV City when they used to line them up in the morning, so yeah. I could see them.
2: Uh, and so I I would come home from kindergarten and I would watch Price is Right, and um and I and Bob Barker had a big you know he was a real strong presence in my childhood, and that sounds stupid to some people, but I mean I, you know like a lot of kids, I was raised by the television, mm-hmm. and so he is one of those guys that was a you know a figure from my childhood. So. When he talks like this, it's like all of those those idiots and PETA and all of that crap. They can just run their mouths all day, and I don't care. But when Bob Barker, who, as you said, sounds like this great, kind, older man, when he says, you know, elephants, blah blah blah, they're dying, and blah, blah it's unfair. I kind of like it. It resonates with me in all sincerity. I listen. I go, well, by God, that's right. We got to do something about it. So really, I that's it convinces me. I'm sold. Zoos seem kind of cruel anyway, just in general, don't you
3: think? Yeah. Would you like to live in a box? Who doesn't want to? All right. Do we have more from Bob Barker? I have one more. Uh, right. Let's see. Elephants shouldn't be living in zoos because they're in poor health.
5: Sixteen elephants, possibly, have died in the Los Angeles Zoo. And about half of them died before they reached the age of 20.
2: Don't you think this, and then we'll talk to Steve Kasemam. Don't you think, here's, here's how I would accept this. I think... That for every animal that is... And I don't, I'm not some animal rights nutcase or whatever, but I mean, it does seem a little cruel. Um, don't you think for every animal that lives in, like, a, in a zoo, they ought to have, like, one human live in a cage? That's there you go. There I mean. you go. Look, look, you want to have another elephant? That's fine. Somebody else has to go live in a cage at the zoo all the time, every day, forever. So there you go. You call it good. You know? All right. Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City. Seeing a radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir.
8: Hello, how are you?
2: I am uh, fantabulous. How's your Thanksgiving? Was it all you anticipated?
8: You know, all that uh, nervous anticipation uh, was wasted energy. Everything went very well.
2: Excellent. Good, good, good. Hey, can I tell you, I talked to any number of people uh, today, you know, because there's that thing you have to do on Monday, everybody. So, how was your Thanksgiving? And you realize they don't really care. And you probably don't care about their Thanksgiving, but it's a conversation like you have to have. Right. Um, But so uh, people are coming by my office like, so what would you do, big guy? And I'm like, well, sport, you know, and then you have these conversations about it. Any but like a hundred of those conversations this morning started with, it's like this sort of exhalation and kind of a, well, we had to drive for two hours to spend all day with my family. And then we had the blah, blah, blah. And like everybody, I realized, I realized that no one likes their family. No one likes their family, and if you do, it's only for short periods of time, and then you can't wait for the family to leave again. So, I mean, I mean is, some people are probably the exception, but I'm just saying it, it really is just a time of great stress for most folks.
8: It is. I mean, it's totally a stressful day. I mean, we had 14 people, including ourselves, over our apartment for the first time, you know, and they were all, they're all family members. 14 Something people
2: there. at your apartment? Yeah. I mean, look, I don't mean the pride, but I mean, I thought apartment. I mean, apartments, If you don't live in the city, do you?
8: We live in Brooklyn, so yeah, we have like a city-sized apartment, yeah.
2: Wait, 14 people? I mean, that, that thing's got to be like the size of a closet.
8: <laughs> We're pretty fortunate. We have a nice-sized city apartment, but it's not huge. You know, it's like right. 980 square feet, so, right. you know, the, the dining room tables extended all the way into the the living room, you know, for the occasion. So. All right, then. Yeah, 14.
2: All right. Well, uh, and so uh was a good
3: time had by all, sir.
8: Yes, it was. I mean, we had uh, my, my wife's grandparents. We're very fortunate to still have them with us because uh, her grandfather's 99 and her grandmother's 95.
2: Excellent. Are they are they feisty as many older people are?
8: Her, her grandparents, believe it or not, are actually in better physical and mental shape than her actual parents.
2: Well, you know what? That's one of those things where, like, and it's because I smoke every single day and I shovel mountains of cheese into my face. I mean, whenever you talk to old people like that, it, you know, it is. They, everybody does have that older relative who, like, you know, puts away, a, a, you know, a, a carton of Pall Malls a day, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what they that's what they attribute their long life to. By the way, you should let them know that the world's oldest woman died over the weekend, so they've stepped up one place in line.
8: He's, he's getting closer. He really is. Grandpa's getting closer. It's funny you should mention that because he is a connoisseur of cheese, and he eats a lot of good cheeses. Excellent. And, uh, and every time I see him, uh, he always has a vodka cocktail with me. So there you go,
2: vodka and cheese, sir.
8: He doesn't abstain. I um, think the key to living a very long life is staying mentally active and agile.
2: Seriously, that and, and full of hate. You've got to keep your hate strong. I mean, hate is what. When you stop hating, you start dying, sir. Okay. Couple things. Um, well, on, on a serious note here, and I and I only ask because Tim and I noted that for so long this weekend there was just there. You know, this is this awful uh, attack that took place in India, but but there was. Just very, very few bits of hard news. It was just sort of scraps of news, and the news organizations, I and mean, all of them, were just kind of saying the same little bits of news over and over again because people couldn't really – it was like chaos. No one could figure out what exactly was going on. So here it is Monday. Uh, like, what what do we know? What, what happened, and what was the resolution?
8: It, it, it was really hard to find the facts out, uh, and, and the rumors were rampant uh, throughout uh, Mumbai, or if you prefer Bombay, uh on uh on friday and and it was really hard to find out exactly what was going on there uh we the, you know the death toll the number still keeps changing It's you know it's hovering around the 180 mark but some bodies were counted twice and 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 then they keep revising the figures right now and uh it, it was an extremely chaotic scene and the investigation seems like it's chaotic as well but uh it's uh it's frightening nonetheless because you find you find out now that there were uh, possibly only 10 gunmen who carried out all, all, all right. the carnage, and one of them survived. And he's saying that, uh, according to Indian officials, he's saying he received his training in Pakistan from uh, this uh, extremist group, and that uh, one of the members of that group was a former member of the military who gave them training. So... Uh, all these bits and pieces are coming out now through the uh, through Indian mm. authorities. We should stress.
2: Uh, so I mean, and it's just and, and Tim was saying that actually a lot of the information about this attack was being people were blogging and there were like Twitter updates were coming out from people who were in uh, you know some of these buildings and were saying like, look, I'm in the building and here's the deal, here's what's
8: happening. Yeah, we even had people on CNN on TV who were uh, calling uh, who were who we were in touch with apparently uh, over their cell phones for a little while wow. so uh, it was it was pretty pretty crazy and uh, and and then you hear these horrible tales uh, of the father and the daughter who who went there from Virginia just right. to, to meditate and uh, the rabbi and his wife who who ran this Jewish house they call them Chabad houses these Orthodox organizations whose sole purpose you know at these houses. Uh, their sole purpose is just to do good, just to right, help people, right. you know, and, uh, uh-huh. and to find out, you know, that uh, this two-year-old kid is now in, in Israel and growing up an orphan because of right. this. Uh, and there's so many of. Uh,
0: there's bad stories just like that. Bad, so yeah, bad, horrible. bad. So um,
8: I went to the airport yesterday and just staked out, you know, flights coming in from India, looking to talk to people who were in Mumbai when uh, the attacks happened, and just hearing some crazy tales.
2: Um. Just on on and on uh, on another on a, on another lighter note, actually. Uh, I know that you were so we we had talked to you Wednesday because you were at the thing where they were blowing up the balloons or whatever for the parade. Right. Were you at the actual parade? Oh yeah. Okay. Who here saw the Rick Roll, the uh, Rick Astley thing at the parade, the Macy's Day Parade? I did not. I did not. Really? Oh come on! It's on YouTube. You got to watch it. Um. It is. I forget. I don't know what the actual float was. It looked like some kids show. Like I don't have kids. I don't know. But it looked like some SpongeBob type show. And the float is rolling by, and they're singing some song like, da-da-da, parade, da-da-da, we're kids, blah-blah-blah, buy our crap, blah-blah-blah-blah, merchandising, blah-blah-blah, brainwashing. And so they're singing this, like, happy kids song, and then I swear to God, at one point, a door in the float opens, and Rick Astley pops out and begins singing Never Gonna Give You Up. And then he finishes, and he goes, thanks, everybody, and he pops back into the float, and the door shuts. And the little children's characters go, Rick Roll, and then the flame float just goes by. It was the most Are insane you? thing. It Are was on television. No, he was. I'm not making it. It was on television. It was on, was it CBS, Tim? I think so. It was it's on NBC. NBC. The you them. go online, you look up Macy's Rick Roll or Macy's Rick Astley, you will see... Uh, this so-called Rick Roll, which is where you spring that Rick Astley song on somebody when they're not expecting it. You'll see it happen live at the Macy's Day Parade. It's like the best Rick Roll ever.
8: And, it, so. and it's not a fraud. It's like the real deal. I, it, it has the NBC
2: Chiron in the corner. I didn't watch it on TV, but it has the NBC Chiron in the corner. It has the announcer going, Little Rick Astley today at the Macy's Day Parade. Coming up next, underdog, you know, or whatever. It seems, for all the world, it seems very real.
8: That's funny. I, I missed that part. Yeah. I was up at 72nd Street with... Uh, the CNN cruise, so we were having fun up there. So I didn't get to see the stuff that went on down in Herald Square.
2: I'm telling you, I think it's. Uh, I, I think it's. A, it, it looks very real to me. So I would. I would. Are you yeah, watching it, it's show?
8: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, so it's you. Definitely
2: real. Yeah. Go on YouTube and look it up. It's. Uh, it's I, out there. It's pretty fantastic.
8: Cool. I definitely will. Hey, can I give you some uh, crazy uh, breaking news on the economy? Can yes. Really pl- fix- is it good? Of course not.
2: Okay. Wait, hold on. Let me get the crazy breaking news sounder here. Hold on. Okay. Let me, uh, one second here. All right. Uh, of course not. Steve Castroman with crazy breaking <laughs> economic news.
8: The Dow Jones uh, Industrial Average closed down nearly 680 points today <sighs> upon the news that, wait for it, we really are in a recession. It's official now. Okay. The, Yes, uh, the the body that is charged with determining when we are uh, in an economic downturn declared today officially. The National Bureau of Economic Research said, "Yes, we are in a recession. In fact, we've been in one since December 2007."
2: Well, that's great. Can I uh, can I tell you something? I and I can actually now talk about. I've been cleared to discuss this. So I do this. Um, I do this TV show uh, that airs uh, on the, the CW, the Gossip Girl network. I do this TV show called Outlook Portland. Which is sort of like, you know, it's public affairs and Portland issues and what's what's going on in our community and so forth. And so I do that TV show every week. And a couple weeks back, I did what I thought was a pretty interesting discussion. The show, I had a psychologist on, uh, this friend of ours, Criswell, who actually now retired from psychology and sells reptiles, but he's a psychologist. And I had what I thought was a pretty great topic for the show. I said, look, you're a psychologist. If America, like the country, the United States of America, came into a shrink's office and sat down and started talking, like what would the diagnosis of our country be if we were, in fact, a patient undergoing therapy? Mm. And and he had, you know, a lot of really, really good, you know, uh, response to that about what, what illnesses would we have if we were a mental health patient as a country? But one of them was he said we would totally be manic depressive. We are bipolar. And it seems like the economy is like that, too. You know what I mean?
8: Oh, yeah. I mean, they're already turning, uh, talking about the turnaround coming in uh, late spring, you know, that uh, the housing market will have bottomed out and prices will start to rise again. Mm. So they're already looking for the, the switch in personality to happen. But, again.
2: I mean, it's like, you know, McDonald's sells three, three extra bags of fries, and the
8: economy's great, up 700 points.
2: Well, but it looks like things were
8: bad last year. Oh, everything sucks. We're down 600 points.
2: You know, and meanwhile, I'm just sitting at home just turning off the television. It freaks me out too much.
8: You know, it's funny because, you know, we keep talking about all these reports, and one of the things you realize when you cover uh, the economy story is that, well, every week there's an economic indicator report that comes out. You know, it's, it's not like we're waiting and that everything hinges on, you know, one report every quarter. Every week there are certain economic indicators that come out. So you're right. It goes up and down and up and down, like like you wouldn't believe.
2: Jesus. All right. Uh, mark my words. By the way, Gene Simmons at some point will start selling stock in himself, and the ticker symbol will be KISS. Mark- and
8: I will be one of the first to buy
2: shares. Dude, share I'll put. You know what? I'll put my entire portfolio into Gene Simmons right now. That sounds Good profane. Idea. All right. Thank you, sir. Take
8: care.
2: All right. There you go. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth.
3: So the Pentagon is uh, furnishing some details about troops that they're going to let loose here in America. They're going to let loose? That's right. They expect to have 20,000 uniformed troops inside the U.S. by twen- 2011, trained to help state and local officials respond to a nuclear terrorist attack or other domestic uh, catastrophe. Unnerving. So they planned this a long time ago, and once you tell the military something, you just can't take it back. That's weird.
2: Don't we have the National Guard for that?
3: Yeah, but they need help.
2: Oh, that's true. The National Guard depleted, though, right now.
3: They need 20,000 troops. For domestic response, a nearly seven-fold increase in five years. And money, Tim. They probably need money, too. So this plan calls for three rapid reaction forces to be ready for emergency response by September 2011. The first 4,700-person unit, volt around an active-duty combat brigade based at Fort Stewart, Georgia, will be available October 1st of 2011. Well, you know why? When they say
2: September 2011, that is totally. That sounds, for all the world, like after September eleventh they made some commitment within te- within a decade. We will have because that's ten years yeah. to the month. Yeah.
3: So they're going to have a 350-member chemical and biological incident response force, and it's going to be based in Maryland. So it really doesn't matter where these are based. The day that they're going to need them, they're not going to be able to get them there. Totally.
2: Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
5: Hello, Rick. It's Andy.
2: Hello, Andy, the Homeschool Kid. How are you, sir?
5: Good. Uh, I have information about Walmart.
2: Uh, what is the in- now? Uh, what is the information, sir? Keeping in mind, of course, they are a valued sponsor.
5: Yes, uh, it's not about Walmart as much as the Walmart story.
2: Uh, it's the trampling.
5: Yes. All right. Um, as I understand it, they broke through the uh, front doors when they were told that yes, five o'clock was when we were supposed to open, but we're not quite ready yet.
2: Oh, really? So you have to wait two minutes to buy to buy some junk? no, no we demand to spend money now.
5: Yes, and Ugh. then also when they had, you know, police and ambulances there yes. and the customers were being told, you can't shop, someone has died. Uh, I know there was at least one guy who said, I've been waiting in line <laughs> since 3 a.m. and I am not leaving.
2: I love this country. I really do. All right, thank you for the clarification, sir.
3: You're welcome. All right, there you go. That's fantastic. Here's Tim Riley. Well, life must go on, I suppose. Life
2: is for the living, Tim.
3: Bill Sizemore is going to jail. A judge has found the Oregon anti-tax activist, Bill Sizemore, who really never holds a job, in contempt of court and ordered him jailed until he files various tax forms. He's been ordered to repay in a yet unknown sum of money, which he transferred to himself using a network of organizations he created. That's how he keeps going. As a lawyer said, he size more would be released by the end of the day.
2: Don't you expect that all anti-tax activists end up in jail eventually? Yeah. Some guy, you know, under the Constitution, the tax is illegal. That's like some Dale Gribble guy who's mm-hmm. always going to end up in the slam. Speaking of money, did you see that headline in the Oregonian, like maybe Friday or Wednesday or something? Um, and it was only notable because it was so... Journalistic standards, I think, have really gotten much more casual. Because you never would have seen this headline like 50 years ago. It was about that bailout for some, I don't know, some other company that we're giving a bunch of freaking money to. But the headline in the Oregonian was, U.S. government whips out checkbook again. Like, that was the headline. The front page of the Oregonian, the headline, it just seems very casually written. Journalism used to be, you know.
0: Journalistic.
2: Yeah, it was like, you know, government makes further capital infusion into economy. I swear to God, the headline was, U.S. government whips out checkbook again. Which is like, you would never have seen, like, government opens can of whoop-ass on Germany. Like, you never would have. It's very strange. That is weird. Right, let's do one more, and then we'll take a break. We'll come back and do a whole bunch of news on the other side to kind of catch up for everything here.
3: Four containers of Oregon Christmas trees have been turned back in Honolulu after slugs were found in some of the trees. The plant specialists say the slugs were sent to a snail specialist at the University of Hawaii. He dubbed them potentially serious pests. He says slugs have been found in Europe, North America, and New Zealand. He says in a temperate place like Hawaii, the slugs would survive by going to ha- higher elevations where it's cooler, maybe endangered in in areas where vegetables are grown. Officials say each tree container is open and inspected before going to tree lots. Sometimes individual trees are pulled in for spot checks. A few containers have been contaminated in years past.
2: This is like that thing in Washington where there's a signs everywhere saying, like, you know, don't take any apples from anywhere. Like if you're driving through some of the highways, mm-hmm. like in, um, like especially in northern Washington, you'll see these signs by the side of the road that are like, if you have any apples in your car, like you you must like you have to burn, burn them. Burn them over, seriously. Like you can't t- like you can't go into Oregon with apples in your car. Can
3: you imagine somebody calling uh, OnStar? Seriously, they're not, they're, I saw somebody in the car next to me with apples.
2: I mean, it's all well. It's like in California it was that way. Every time there's a med fly. And at
3: the uh, Nevada border, it's still like that.
2: Totally. Yeah. Uh and they would do remember in the eighties they would do all that med fly spraying where it's like you would just you know, stay in your homes and there were planes going over there, like boom, and just dropping all of this like weird chemical all over the city. They used to do that in uh Washington. They used to have this stuff called alar. And allar was this it was like an antifungal spray or you know, some crop pesticide that they would drop all over the apple farms. And I don't know if they ever proved a connection, but I know that a lot of people would like spray the allar and then like the next year your kids' eyes fall out or something. Um Let's take a break. Come back. More news from Tim Riley around the corner. Uh, Let's see. Later on, 2 o'clock, I will do transvestite trivia for a pair of tickets to Richie Bristol's drag show. Oh, lots of mall suggestions here. Uh, More, uh, let's see, uh, pet photo suggestions and so forth. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. show. To not move it makes me want to move. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. You. Come by. Ladies and gentlemen the Ministry
1: of Truth, Tim Riley. And now, though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. In Ohio,
3: shot at his sister's boyfriend with a bow and arrow, missing the first time by grazing the man's hand and wounded him the second time. James Wilson burst into the home of 47-year-old David Rout early yesterday morning, kicked in the door of the bedroom where Rout was sleeping. Wilson was upset that uh, Route was treating his sister with disrespect. A policeman now reports that Wilson's first shot uh, got stuck in a pillow. The second shot could have easily killed him. But he is recovering now that he has stitches. A bow and arrow? bow and arrow, yeah. He's facing a felonious assault charge. And uh, nobody's answering phone calls on that one. Madonna and Alex the rod Rodriguez have spent Thanksgiving together, but their holiday may not be over yet. Madonna headed to Mexico City to continue her sticky and sweet tour, and A-Rod landed shortly thereafter. The Yankee slugger reportedly arrived in the city to give a baseball clinic to poor children. He, uh... Quote, I'm
2: sure that's what they need more than, like, food. I know. <laughs> uh, look, I don't have any food for your uh, medicine or education. Here's a, uh, Here's the uh, an explanation of the infield fly rule, though. Mm-hmm.
3: The New York Daily News reports that Rodriguez uh, flew with Madonna to her Star Island home after gathering with his family. A tour source said the public can expect to see a lot more Madonna and iran together, adding, quote, she wants to take some time off and <laughs> spend a lot of time with iran By the way, the, mm-hmm. uh...
2: Never mind, this is a dumb joke I'm not going to make. Um, but, but as a, as sort of a partner into that image, though, I just, I have this picture in my head of Madonna going through, like, a really poor village and giving out copies of her new album to all the children. Here you go. Here you go, distended stomach child. Have a copy of my new release. It's been And you don't even need a CD player. It's on vinyl. Is that true?
3: No. Well, Inn was just showing me a brand new album. He got those on vinyl, and I was shocked that they still made vinyl. Oh, on.
2: yeah. No, that's a, that's a thriving it's a niche market now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can make a lot of money on that. There's uh, stuff that now comes out only digitally. Like, there's stuff now that no longer, there's no middle ground. There's no CD where it's just online as an MP3 or whatever, and vinyl, and that's it.
4: My friend will buy a CD if he really likes the band. My friend Chris would buy, will buy a CD and the record and oh. not open the record. He'll put the record on the shelf and then just listen to the CD.
2: I think, uh, what does guts from the Decembrists? Colin Malloy. Colin Malloy. Yeah, he, like, all of the December stuff now comes out on that, like, that really good 180-gram vinyl, that really, really quality vinyl now. Here's Tim Riley.
3: That's pretty incredible. Time for Geek Watch. Here's
2: your Geek Watch for Monday on the Recovery Radio
3: Program. This high-speed
0: modem is intolerably slow.
3: In the quantum dilemma, remember, you
0: used just a television show. That's all, okay? <laughs> right, but because we were wondering if the quantum Flux. there mind. is no quantum flux. There's
3: no auxiliary. There's no goddamn shit. You got it?
0: it Energize.
3: So this is in two parts. The world's most famous comic book hero has breathed his last bat breath. Bruce Wayne, who at night is Batman, gets murdered by a man claiming to be the father he thought was dead. In a highly controversial new storyline, Bruce, who first appeared in 1939, is killed by Simon Hurt, the leader of the shady Black Glove Organization. The Black Love Organization? Black Glove. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Black Love
2: Day. Oh, I thought we were thinking of something else. No, no. (laughs) Baby, who wants Uh, some black love?
3: Well, Simon says he is really Dr. Thomas Wayne, saying he faked his own passing when Bruce was a child. The superhero dies when he tries to stop his foe, escaping by helicopter, and the new Batman, rest in peace. Writer Grant Morrison said, This is so much better than death. People have killed characters in the past, but to me, this kind of ends the story. I like to keep the story twisting and turning. So what I'm doing is a fate worse than death. Uh, things that nobody would expect to happen to all these guys at all.
2: So, so I don't know much about it. I'm not of a comics guy, but I I think Aaron has posted some. I got an email about, over this weekend, and it was like, you must ask Aaron about this new Batman thing. What is up with this? And I emailed back, and I said, what is up with what? And they said, Batman is apparently killed by his father. You know, what does Aaron think of this? And I and and I think Aaron has written a blog about it, so I don't really know. But I but it does seem like the comics world is just full of these cheap this cheap gimcrackery. All the time, uh, you know. I remember when they killed Superman, which I think they've now done a few different times. But I remember they killed Superman back in the 80s, and they did this weird, like he was killed by this doomsday creature, and then they, like, you know, then they, then they kind of rebooted the whole franchise. So this stuff just sort of seems like a bad, kind of gimmicky thing. I would, uh, I would overlook such obvious manipulation if I were a comic book reader. Here's uh, Tim Riley.
3: Part two: A Swedish schoolboy collapsed and experienced convulsions after playing the latest version of the World of Warcraft computer game for 24 hours without taking a break. He's fifteen years old, he's playing with his friends, but he suffered what appeared to be an epileptic fit. He played all day and all night. Maybe he got a few hours sleep. Uh, they ate a little food and breakfast at their computer, said the boy's father. Doctors said his son's bodily functions had been struck by a combination of sleep depreciation, lack of food, and long pairs of concentration while playing a game. The new game went on sale Thursday. The boy collapsed at his home near western Sweden. He's expected to make a full recovery, but his father issued a stern oh, warning not to parents. No. Oh, I thought he was dead. No, not yet. Oh, oh, okay. They also think the boys need to reduce the amount of time they play, or they themselves, should be more vigilant. At least 2,000 people lined up in London for 18 hours when the game went on sale last week. Some have expressed concerns that youngsters could become addicted to World of Warcraft. What is the, uh, what's the new... Uh... What's
2: the new? It's like a new expansion pack or something. What is the, does it have? The full name? It's World of Warcraft.
3: Wrath of the Lich King. All right.
2: Well, whatever that is, because it's always like Curse of the Golden Scepter,
3: you know, it, or just it has scary people in it.
2: Does the? <laughs> can I tell you? Speaking of scary. Now, look. Let me say first and foremost, I'm not passing any judgment.
4: Oh yeah, I was gonna say you have nothing. That, no, no, no. no. To speak, Mister Fish Fillet, shoving and video game playing till like three o'clock in the morning, man. You make me sound so sexy.
2: <laughs> I, I'm not passing any judgment. You are listening to a man who spent many, many hours this last week fighting zombies, uh, you know, online. Did you Um, win? What? Did you win? No, see, you know... Uh, Let me just say this about that Left 4 Dead game. First of all, it's incredible. I mean, it's amazing. And I typically don't like online multiplayer stuff because it's always just some jackass yahoos, you know? And it's always like the booby doctor and, like, his less interesting (laughs) friends um and so the, the online version of the online multiplayer for me usually is not very interesting i just that's why i play campaign because i just uh and plus it's like you know here's the thing when you're playing online too it's like social interaction and we all know how much we on this show how we love social interaction how we like to talk to other people so it's like you know usually it's like having to go out with friends uh you know uh, you know and even in the privacy of my home it's like i'm having to go out with friends so i typically don't but the multiplayer for left for dead is so good that i i can get over all of that um I will also say this, the great gimmick of Left 4 Dead, which is a you versus the zombies game, is the greatest gimmick, the great little thing they do, is it's not just like a game where it's you fighting some zombies. The game is designed so that you are actually playing a character in a zombie movie. In other words, it's almost like you're watching Dawn of the Dead or something, but you're getting to control the characters. And so each of the missions starts with, like, a poster for the film, and it's like, you know, so-and-so as, you know, as so-and-so, so-and-so. And and then it says Rick Emerson as Zoe, and it's, like, your name, like, above the character. And then all of the missions have their movie taglines, like, you know, Hell came to Earth. These four are sending it back. And then it has opening credits. It has closing. Like, if you die during the game... When the game gets to the end, it's like in memory of Rick Emerson, Uh, and it it has closing credits for the game, and it says like, 1,522 zombies were harmed in the making of this game, or in the making of this movie. It's got score, it's got an opening sequence, and so by dint of making it like a zombie film as a game, they get away with all this theatrical stuff that would seem cheesy otherwise. But anyway, so the point is, I forget to ask me if I won, no, I did not win, and we kept having to play this one scene over and over again where it's The Last Stand, like Army of Darkness style, or Evil Dead style, where you're at this cabin in the woods and the zombies are just swarming the cabin. It's so freaking terrifying. And i got to tell you, you really never want Ash with you more than in a sequel. Like, because there's no chainsaw. And what I wouldn't have given to have a chainsaw last night. I just had this, like, pump-action shotgun that was just not doing the job for me. What was my point? Oh, so I'm not passing judgment on these World of Warcraft folks. I'm really not. It's uh, you know, it, it, tomato, tomato, whatever. That being said, can I tell you that I read the saddest thing this weekend? Sure, please do. And me. many of my and many of my best friends are gamers. So I mean, it, I'm just saying. Kristen Bowie, our goodie, she plays World of Warcraft a lot. Jason Crump said, right at home, he has got a brand new World of Warcraft game. He's waiting to crack open. So we got lots of friends that uh, that play games, you know, like World of Warcraft. I read the saddest thing though. Well, I should bring it in and we should read it on the air one of these days. It's like a World of Warcraft glossary, like a lexicon, you know, for not just not only things in the game, but for like, you know, terms for weapons and whatever. It's like a glossary for slang terms for World of Warcraft, like
4: oh. like an
2: in like an in game lexicon, you know, like here, like, like a, the
4: pwned and that kind yeah, of. Yeah, well,
2: you know, like in radio, <laughs> pardon me, like in radio, we have terms that probably aren't in use in the regular world, like um, spot or yeah, po- spot or post post. Yeah, the pot. Cleaner.
3: Well, it's a different meaning in the real world. No. Uh, yeah, like
2: a pot is not like... Owner. yeah pot, Anything in. with an er. A pot is not a thing to cook in or a thing to get baked on. Uh, a pot here in radio is basically the volume knob for something that Sarah plays. Bump to come. Yeah, like my, uh, like my microphone level. She turns it up or down with basically a volume knob, but it's called a pot, which is short for potentiometer. Or a spot, which is a commercial. Or, yeah, a post, which is that moment in the song when the lyrics come in world of warcraft of course has all its own lingo and lexicon and a lot of lol type stuff some some of them are just sad do you know what they you know what what they call um i sound like i'm making fun of another culture here but so in world of warcraft apparently one doesn't leave the game to go use the bathroom one one takes quote a bio break and so you'll see these characters typing like brb bio which i guess means i guess they're afraid to talk about like Peeing. I guess peeing isn't... I guess if you're like a wizard or an ogre, saying that you have to go pee is considered unwizardly or whatever. It doesn't... I guess it does isn't quite the ring of uh, of mystique that the game wants to have.
3: Well, especially being wrapped up in all those clothes. I mean, it takes a long time to get on <laughs> just to do something that simple.
2: Pardon me, Valkyrie. Wouldst thou remove thy breastplate and codpiece so that thine might pee? So. You'd end up losing half the watchers, trying to put
3: yourself back together again afterwards.
2: So I guess players in World of Warcraft, yeah, they don't have to go to the bathroom. They have to bio. And so I saw some, like, message board about this story about this kid who passed out, and it was like, well, apparently he hadn't bioed in a long time, and then he passed out. Also, Here's the saddest of all World of Warcraft slang, and this is in their glossary. I should try to find it and bring it down here. But in, World, in the World of Warcraft a glossary book... There is actually a whole definition for, wait for it, real life. Real life, which I guess is abbreviated RL in World of Warcraft, actually has to be defined. Like there actually has to be a definition, an explanation of it in the glossary so that people understand what you're talking about. And RL stands for real life, which is defined as real life, time spent not playing World of Warcraft. (laughs) I looked at that and I thought, by God. No matter how pathetic I may be in my zombie-killing exploits, I am not like these poor souls who actually have to have a term to define real life. And that real life is, quote, time not spent playing World of Warcraft. And by the way, if I have to pee, it's just that. It's not, I'm not bioing. All right. Well, there's your double geek watch. Uh, Let's take a break. Come back after this. We'll uh, do transvestite trivia. We're going to play some spots here. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, we'll come bump
4: to calm. Exactly. <laughs> so then after the return bump, you'll hear us again.
2: Uh, let's see. So we'll uh, do transvestite trivia. Uh, let's see. We have uh, some, uh, some other Christmas to talk about. More from Tim Riley coming up later on. Uh, the top five more. So it's the Rick Emerson radio one I
1: grab our hammer by the Sons of War Van. I shall avenge you.
5: Next. Oh, loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix.
2: Hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, just a few will welcome uh, Richie Bristol to the program. We'll do transvestite trivia uh, for tickets to see Richie Bristol's uh, drag show, Rochelle Crystal and the Lips Cabaret, which is happening uh, December 13th at North Bank. Uh, so we'll do that here just a few. It's 503-733-2970. Don't call about that quite yet. Let's see. Uh, I'll just get some of these emails read. Rick? Uh, I I feel bad. I'm gonna to try to turn over a new leaf, but I'm not gonna wait till the beginning of the year. I always feel bad. If we get to the end of the show, mm-hmm. and there's calls we haven't gotten through, and there's over like a hundred emails that I've. Do you do this as you're sort of, we're doing the show? Do you read some emails, and then some you read and you kind of just move on, but some you set aside because you're like I should read this on the air, yep. and then I but I set them aside and then I never. read That's
4: what them. I do. I'll set them aside from I'm like I need to give this concentration. I'll look at it after the show, and then I never do. It just gets yeah. stacked up behind the. Right and then table. you
2: close the whole window. Mm-hmm. It's like it's too much, and you close it. Uh, let's see. Rick, my coworker and I just went to the dollar store during our lunch break. The signs in the the signs in the window read Big Sale. Rick, how does the dollar store have a big sale? That's a really good question, sir. I don't know the answer to that. Well you should have gone out. Why didn't you go in and ask? You can't walk by see sir, that's the difference between you and I. If you're walking by the dollar store and there's a quote, big sale, you gotta go in and find out. All right, if you're listening, and I know you are, I wanna know what dollar st- <coughs> Pardon me. I wanna know what dollar store this was. So that I can go in and or you know that I can call them anyway and demand to know the nature of the big sale. Speaking of uh, me coughing just now, I apologize. To I meant to bring in the Roomba this weekend and have it do the uh, have it do the whole studio, and I didn't do. I failed to do that.
4: Yeah, it's a little <clears throat> dusty in here.
2: It is very dusty in here, and I meant to bring the Roomba in and let it have just the run of the place. But the thing, but here's the deal: is that I let it clean. Like all guys, I let the house just become an absolute pigsty while Lara was gone. And then what did I do? She came back Wednesday night at midnight. And so Wednesday at like 9 p.m., you know, I got to get my clean on. So I'm like going through the house, cleaning everything. And the great thing about the Roomba is, and I can't speak, it is not a paid endorsement. I'm just saying I can't speak highly enough of the Roomba. It's wonderful.
4: So do you ever lend out your Roomba? Like to who? I don't know, like maybe to your friend who can't figure out how to change her um, bag inside of her vacuum cleaner.
2: Well, you know, if the Roomba fills up with dust, you'll have to clean that
0: too.
4: Oh, Fine, because that's easier to figure out than mine. I have, like, oh, this probably. old ghetto, like, vacuum cleaner. I can't get the thing off. And I know I've vacuumed up spiders in there, too. So I don't know <laughs> if there's, like, they... a spider kingdom growing in there. Like, like, ah, <laughs> a spider month, kingdom. A year.
2: That's the, see, I was going to say spider family, but spider kingdom is so much worse. No,
4: because I vacuumed. What if, like, they got along? Because I know I've vacuumed up more than one spider. And then now is our time to time make...
2: align against the humans. Let that, us all breed.
4: That bag could be full of baby spiders. Oh,
2: you got to burn it. Kill it oh, with fire. I
4: know, and that's what I'm so afraid, too, because I really need to vacuum my Laura, because it's covered in, like, little dust balls, but...
2: Okay, can I tell you a spider story now?
4: No. All right,
2: here's the thing about the spider story. So, Laura and I, I got all of these things I want to talk about. We need a longer show. Um, So, we did our Christmas decorating on Saturday. Um, And I was going to do it while she was gone, because I love me some Christmas decorating. But I wanted to wait. So, she came came back on Wednesday. uh, And then on Saturday, she was kind of, you know, she spent Thursday and Friday kind of just catching up. And she, she had this unfortunate incident... She, uh, it gives me another chance to say Lake Titicaca. She was, um, on a boat on Lake Titicaca going from, because I think that lake is what separates Peru from Bolivia. So anyway, she's on this boat going across Lake Titicaca. And of course it's South America. I mean, it's like a hundred degrees and sunny and whatever. And she was on the upper deck of the boat sitting in a chair reading and fell asleep. So she fell asleep in the South American sun for like three hours. Oh no. So she's all burnt and blistered and peeling. And I mean, she's, uh, yeah, she's really hot. Uh, she, uh, Did she
4: lose some weight, like, with all that walking and not eating very much? Oh, dude,
2: I mean, yeah, walking through, like, what's this, bowl of slugs, Whitey? Eat up. Uh, She showed me some of the photos, and I think even, you know, even hearing her descriptions, I guess you're still thinking, like, okay, well, it's not that primitive. I mean, there's a phone, right? But it turns out there's a phone, like, every 40 miles, there's, like, some weird thing that the government has put in. Like like one phone that's like made out of coconuts, basically. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you go through a whole huge. I mean, it's the it is the Amazon jungle. I guess I was still thinking like, I guess my American brain can't like comprehend. American vacation. Yeah, I mean, I guess I was thinking like, well, it's sort of like going to uh, you know, it's like going to Costa Rica, you yep. know, where there's like, you know, it's kind of a jungle, but there's hotels like Hawaii. I guess I couldn't. I guess I didn't really appreciate the fact that like, no, like no, it's like jungle. It's like National Geographic jungle. She she showed me, she showed me <coughs> pardon me all these photos, which is like um well, here's the uh, island made out of reeds that we stayed in for the night, and I mean it literally is it's like not even Gilligan's island level. I mean it's like like huts made out of mud, no light, no no running water, no electricity, you know, sleeping in a hut made out of mud filled with torches and candles for light, eating like a bowl full of like you know like slugs and some fish that they just caught. Uh, and literally, was she by
4: it, herself or was she with a friend? With a
2: friend, her friend Michelle. And literally, like, guys hunting things with spears and darts that they have made, wait for it, by sharpening pieces of wood with the teeth of piranha. So they'll catch piranhas and then pull out their teeth and use the teeth to sharpen sticks to catch, like, wild pigs in the jungle. It's, like, the weirdest thing, she... man. It's so weird. Anyway, so, yeah, so there wasn't a lot to eat, and she fell asleep in the sun. So she's all, like, cooked up and crispy. Uh, so that's bad. But, um... So she spent Thursday and Friday catching up, and then we decorated on Christmas. And we found all of our decorations except for this one box that eludes that you're me. You're
4: obsessing about has your Christmas mugs?
2: Because it's got my Christmas mugs and it's got my Christmas wreath that goes on the front of the door. So I got no, re- I have a wreath of sadness now that I'm that I'm wearing. I have I have no Christmas wreath and I have my Christmas mugs. Didn't because... you guys
4: just redo your basement? Is it somewhere in there?
2: Uh, I looked. I can't find it. I have no idea where it is. And the mugs are great. They have a little festive snowmen on them. Um, so I can't find them. So at one point I say. Maybe they were in the garage, honey. And she says, well, I don't think so, but maybe. And it's that thing of, like, you know, it's always in the, the least likely place. So I get the garage door opener. I go out and I open the garage. And I walk in, and the first thing I notice is just that the garage is now filled with spiders spider webs. It's <laughs> just filled with cobwebs. Because it's like they can't, I mean, I guess some of them can get in the house, but if they're in the house, they get killed pretty quickly.
0: Mm-hmm. I
2: mean, like, because, like, you know, the dogs will chase them around, and then I'll be like, "What's over, what's over there, boy? Oh, a spider with the black flag or whatever, oh. you know the the raid.
4: I just yeah, I just wash them down the drain. I can't squish them. No, I uh I don't squish
2: them, but I'll I'll use. I mean if I, unless I have to. Um but uh so, but they figured out that the garage is kind of warm and humans aren't likely to come in there to bother them. So the garage door opens and then <laughs> I just like see
4: in a like, Oh, dude, it's just
2: filled with spiders. Oh god. And I'm walking in and I'm like All right. Um and then I'm torn though between, and you know this, you have, uh, I would say, a low grade kind of OCD, where the, is it more than low grade? Have we had this discussion on the air? My review? No, I secrets? didn't.
4: Well, no, I didn't. No, we didn't have this. But that's no, okay. I just But recently, I mean, has somebody it ever it like
2: out. told you like, hey, no, you have OCD? It, it
4: never occurred to me ever. Like I thought it was just normal that I have to like, I don't know, I'm not. sure
2: go through all my two M and Ms at a side on your mouth. And...
4: Yes. Or like how I would rather go hungry than um, not purchase a pair of sunglasses. Yeah. Uh, nobody had ever expressed to me that maybe the, that isn't normal. What's your bicycling thing? I'm crazy. I'm completely it makes crazy. Me, okay. You know how you have specific routes? I swear I have to like ride a specific route on my bike, and there's like this little... Rod Iron thing uh, on the Vera Cat's uh, like, promenade thing. Right. it's underneath, like, the Morrison Bridge. I have to ride my bike through that every time. And if I don't, even so much so that I had to get off my bicycle once and wait for someone to finish walking through it just so I could.
2: Because you couldn't take an alternate Cause route.
4: Because I, I couldn't understand, you because know, I don't even, I can't comprehend what would happen if I didn't right. go through it.
2: Oh, no, I, I totally understand. Well, that's like. Um,
4: Gosh, I sound bonkers.
2: Let's remember what we were talking about so we can get back to it, though. Because clearly the ADD book isn't helping me. All right. <laughs>
4: okay. Now you've got to say something about you. Exams so and that... spiders.
2: Well, I was actually going to say, Sarah. So this pen in my hand. The remember when they stopped making my favorite pen? Mm-hmm. That was all trauma. So I finally found this, the Pilot uh, Precise V5RT. So I didn't really tell the story last week, but so I realized I have two of them. One goes with and stays in my day planner. Basically, one is for the show. One of these pens, I have one of these pens for the show. And the other for, like, non-show stuff. For, like, if I'm working in my office or at home and it goes in my day planner. Mm -hmm. That pen that's in my day planner, that is for, like, upstairs office work only. I can't use it for the show. It's only for non-show work and for my day... And when I'm done... You feel like
4: you might taint the pen with the show work? It
2: goes into my planner and it stays there. And I have a separate pen that is only for the show. And when I'm done, it goes in my desk drawer upstairs and it stays there. And it's never used for anything but the show. But they're the same pen, but it's you know two you know the same kind of pen, but one for the show and one for everything else. So I realized last week I only had one. I'd used them all. I was down to one. And so I actually drove to four different office supply stores <laughs> trying to find. And luckily Laura was gone, so I could waste the whole evening. So you just on this. be
4: uh, crazy alone. <laughs>
2: <laughs> totally, there was no one there to go. This is a waste of time. Use a different
4: pen. Because I can't use a different pen,
2: and you know why? No, I just can't.
4: I know it's it's uh, you cannot think about it. Like, right? There's no way I cannot. <clears throat> Not ride through that that thing. Ah, I just it's just not possible. Yeah, it's
2: like yeah, that's the thing. It's it's not an option. No, Using a not menu, an option. That's, <laughs> it's not an option. It's not on the list of choices. That is grayed out on the choice menu. So I finally went there and I bought like a whole box and I was so relieved. I was all relaxed. I was like, ah, oh, now I can work. So um, you know, so that was my thing. You know, so okay. that, so there you go. So but for the same reason, it's like I have to get these Christmas mugs. Mm-hmm. I can't. Even though they're not in the garage. I don't garage.
4: think you've been thinking about them this entire show, have Totally.
2: I, it bugs the hell out of me. So she's like, well, maybe they're in the garage, maybe not. You know, we could look. And she actually said, she goes, well, let's just look on, you know, tomorrow. And I'm like, we're going to look tonight. And so I get the garage door opener, and the door opens. And as you said, it's a like Kingdom of the Spiders in there. And then I have these two warring things, like my low-grade arachnophobia and, like, my OCD of, like, but the mugs are probably in there. Mm-hmm. And so then, but, and what did I, I ended up braving my way through the spider webs. Cause like the mugs like might've been in Jones there. Like Indiana
4: Jones and Temple of Doom.
2: Totally. Exactly. That's exactly the, totally the thing. Or, you know, or like Sean Connery, like, you know, the, the way it's rats or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, or the, or in Raider, why did it have to be snakes? So I'm going into my garage and I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, we're going to get through this. The mugs might be in here. All right, Emerson, let's go. Yeah. And I go to the garage and it's, the light doesn't really work. So it's like I'm playing Doom. You know, the light's kind of flickery. And I got this flashlight that doesn't really illuminate. It really is like I'm playing Doom 3 because the flashlight doesn't really illuminate much. (laughs) So I'm basically in this big, black, empty room filled with spiders with a flashlight. This was on Saturday night. Um, And at one point, I think to myself, well, you know what? I'm just seeing spider webs. There probably aren't any actual spiders. It's probably too cold. The spiders have probably died or gone gone to Miami by now. And so I'm like, well, look. And so I, I'm in the middle of the garage. So I turn the flashlight around and I start looking into the corners. And no, of course the corners are in fact filled with actual spiders.
4: Oh, and like their nests and. and they're totally,
2: and they're looking at me totally like, because they've never seen me because I haven't gone into that garage in summertime. And so the spiders are looking at me like, who are you? <laughs> you haven't been in here before. You're new to this neighborhood. You walk up, right? What's your deal? And I'm like, all right, I'm sorry. Look, I'll be in and out in a second, guys. You know. And I'm looking around, and for, first of all, I never find the mugs. The mugs are not in there. So, A, I had to go into the spider-filled garage of mine on Saturday for no reason. B, I never found the freaking mugs anyway. They, they're still gone. Also, here's the worst part, Sarah.
0: Oh, God. No, no,
2: no. Here's the worst part. Uh, I, I leave the garage. I'm like, okay, spiders, see you next year. Bye. Close the garage door. And I get in the house. Back in my hand, big red, swelly bump. So I totally got bit at some point in the garage. Didn't really know. Oh, by a secret spider. Seriously, by a by a very stealthy spider. So at some point I got bit. I don't know when.
4: And you still don't have your mugs.
2: But you know the spider was probably on my hand, like waving at the other spider. Look at this, doesn't even see me. (laughs) And then biting me.
4: Oh my god, he was climbing. That's the creepiest thing too. Like when you wake up in the morning and you know you have a spider bite on your leg or something. Like that thing was crawling in my bed. On your on your body.
0: Totally.
2: And he was probably screwing with it. Like, hey, look at this. The stupid human doesn't even see me. Anyway, so no, I don't have the mugs. I have no mugs. Mugs, I have no mugs.
4: At least you have Christmas underwear.
2: <sighs> I suppose. And the worst part is that the mugs are somewhere. Like, even as we speak now, the mugs are they're in a just box. just
4: hanging out. Yeah, they're in a box somewhere waiting. They're you in find... your special room with all of your action figures? No, you know,
2: the collectible, posable figurines. Okay. No, they're not there. And I'm going to move out someday, and the person who moves into the house will find, hey, look at these mugs, you know, 20 years from now.
4: All right. uh, if your calls. OCD is as strong as you believe it to be, Rick Emerson, you will find those. Oh, letters. I'm going to find those. Marks. You know, because there's, there's no way that you can.
2: They're around somewhere, and I don't think they make them anymore, so it's not like I can just buy new ones. Hi, you're on The Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
5: Hello, Tom. Uh-oh. I forgot to set my clock back.
2: Please tell me there's more to your call than this.
5: Oh, there is. There is. Actually, it's a question for Sarah. Right. You know, you were talking about the radio lexicon and... I said, well, yeah, like we put an ER on there so it'd be like a phoner. Somebody yes. calls in, that's a phoner. Right. Okay. Hey, if you're talking uh, to a caller who would be, I don't know, maybe a chiropractor or maybe an orthopedic surgeon. Don't. And they would, serious, oh, sir, sir, don't seriously, sir. Seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I, no, I won't. I won't. I won't do that. I won't put you in trouble. You I were about to do it, though. You. No, I wasn't going to. I was warned. Richie, the non smoker, told me no. He slapped my hand.
2: You seem really amped up about everything.
5: (laughs) I'm running sales leads, my friend, you know. Uh Hey, hey, listen, you guys, best show ever. Love listening to you every day. It is a ball. Um, Thanks for doing what you do.
2: Oh, thank you, sir. Now I'm going to
5: turn on my radio and relive this conversation and vicariously through myself. In the future. (laughs) See you later.
2: Bye. Thank you, sir. (laughs) That was weird. Well, that was weird. The I mean, for a minute I feared he was going to be one of those aggressive, <laughs> angry, angry. Yeah. But then he turned out he was just really into it. That's cool. He's like that guy. There's that guy that calls Mike O'Mara sometimes, and he says the same thing. Hey, Mike, number one fan, love the show. Keep doing it. And he says that every day. I you on The Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Hello.
0: I am a banana.
2: You are indeed, that's sir. That's good. That's pretty, that's, and the, you know, thing. it's not just the voice, it's your inflection, because that's exactly the sort of wavery and then upward inflected thing that that banana does in that cartoon. Well done.
5: Well, I've, I've seen them many times in Spike and
8: Mike's Sick and Twisted Festival of Animation. It
2: is still, I think, the hardest I have ever laughed uh, at any animated, any, anything animated, any cartoon ever. That movie, a uh, rejected by uh, Don Hertzfeld, yes?
8: Yes. Um, I actually lied, I'm not a banana, I'm a kumquat
2: of course you are is that uh, it is says here on the screen you're calling about quote random stuff is this the extent of the random stuff pretty much all right then thank you so much sir i appreciate that you can call us anytime
3: best show ever all right thank you all right tis the season
5: hi
2: hi <laughs> you're on the rick emerson show hello
3: hey rick hey. Uh, how's it going
5: what do you got uh, oh. so so just as i'm now uh getting over the shield uh finale i happen to be flipping through the the channels. And, of course, I see the scene with Ronnie getting arrested, and it just kind of rips my ha- heart out all over again. Yeah,
2: by the way, before we do anything, I should say here, on the screen you're calling about Dexter. It's funny you say that because Sarah and I were talking about it during the break, that Sarah asked if I was watching Dexter, and I said that I am, but I'm several episodes back. So oh, okay? so before you begin, before you start spoiling anything, I should tell you that I, I am, I just finished, I know an episode, like the next one is episode 10, and I'm actually just finished episode 5. So I have a few to catch up on.
5: Okay, well, I I was going to ask if you guys have been watching because I wasn't sure, and I don't intend on spoiling anything except just to tell you that it it all starts to go terribly, terribly, terribly wrong, and it just kind of reminded me of The Shield because it starts that that downward spiral of, of uh, hideousness that oh. both uh, I detest and uh, love. Sarah, what
4: is the I next episode it, I called? I watched the promo for the next episode, and that is... What is the next episode titled? Oh, no, it wasn't titled anything. Like, someone someone posted the video, and they just wrote, like, S is about to... S is going down. Yeah, so I'm... Uh, and I'm, I'm watching it, and that is... Ooh.
2: I see, I don't even know what's going on. I'm kind
4: of glad that... Ah.
2: Yeah, I'm five episodes in. I just watched episode five last night, and actually Susan Reynolds uh, uh, works upstairs. a big... Um, She's a big Dexter fan. She's like, are you watching Dexter? And I said, well, kind of. You know, i got to catch up. And she actually actually just abandoned proper grammar. She goes, must watch. Must watch. So I am doing my best to catch up on it. Well,
5: so much TV, so little time. Dude, this is a
2: story of my life. Uh, By the way, I will tell you this. My wife watched The Shield for the first three seasons. And it was just too much. It was too dark for her. She's like, I'm getting off this train right now. So my wife quit watching The Shield. But she did... You know, there was this, when she was out of the country for two weeks, you know, she came back and she's like, so what did I miss? You know, what's up with the world? And I said, well, there was this S.H.I.E.L.D. finale. And she wanted to know, you know, she's like, what happened? And I said, baby, it's just too much. I don't, there's too much to explain. And she goes, well, explain. So I spent about an hour, like, giving her a previously in the S.H.I.E.L.D. and giving her, like, the whole backstory. And then I, and then I made her watch just the high points or low points of the finale. Um
5: yeah, you know, my wife was the same way. She after the Forest Whitaker season, she jumped off that train, but she kind of wanted to know the the end result. Yeah. And uh, it was yeah. So, anyway, so I, all right, man, we'll get back to the Dexter watching. Thank you, sir. Thanks. All right, there you go. So yeah, oh, you should to watch caught the spoilers. No, no, no. No, okay, okay, okay. I,
2: I, no because I've got. I'm
4: already lost because I've only seen one episode. And it was when, when it was like the third episode of the season when I was over at Storm and Davies. So I you don't. You got to watch it from the what beginning. Happens. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, I uh, I got a few episodes waiting for me at home, and then i will be totally caught up. So all very exciting. All right, let's take a break here. We'll come back uh, around the corner somebody about our Christmas mugs, my Christmas mugs. Uh somebody about spiders, of course. Tim Riley has more news for us when we return as well. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere.
0: Blue, and oh, L-titty-tack-a, L-titty-tack-a, why do we sing it's L-titty-tack-a,
2: oh, L-titty-tack-a, we really like in All right, ladies and gentlemen. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, so Dave is in the <laughs> studio. Dave is the guy who won the uh, pizza flavored Pringles. Hi, Dave. It's pretty impressive and sad that you couldn't wait. That you're just like, i got to get
5: them right now. I was driving right by.
2: How long ago did you win those? A couple hours. Wow. Okay. Uh, so uh, Dave uh, correctly identified the brand of tuna in uh, Mr. Mama's being a schooner tuna. And so he's won this. I swear to God, those are sealed. It's not like they he are. licked checked. them and then glued the package. I wasn't stuff. sure
4: if they were or not.
2: So uh, we, have, uh, we have given you this. Uh, th- and let me tell you, here's the thing about Pringles. I love Pringles. I really do. They can be hit or miss though with the strange flavors because the um, uh, like those bacon flavored Pringles they don't really taste like bacon they're basically just barbecue potato chips. Uh, those pizza flavored Pringles they really taste like pizza.
4: They well, do because you had a couple buy- like things of them. I remember we went through one in a day.
2: And they, specifically they taste like the pizza at Chuck E. Cheese.
1: You know, I'm going to save this one, though, because i got all the signatures on it. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah it's irreplaceable. It is. Financial <laughs> Maybe retirement I'll buy another one and try that. Yeah, you do that. All right. <laughs> just encase it in lucite loose sight. Don't let anybody touch it. So, all right. Well, thank you this for listening, a, sir.
5: It's an unexpected pleasure in the day. Well, it's congratulations. I'm going to awesome. meet you all. All right. Well, you oh, know, nice to meet you. those prints
2: yep. are our way of saying thank you for listening. Sir. Well,
5: thank you for having a show like right.
2: this. Thank you, my yeah. friend. There you go, Dave, ladies and
1: gentlemen. All right. At the
2: Ministry good of Truth, man. it is right. Tim Riley.
1: And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley.
3: We don't waste your time giving away cars and dream vacations.
1: No, no, we we don't. No, it's
2: Pringles. You know, it's things people really want, Tim.
4: Mm -hmm. Exactly. He was very hungry. We helped that.
3: The jury in Boy George's false imprisonment trial has heard how the singer confessed during a police interview that he did handcuff that male model in his London home. He is accused of chaining an escort to a hook in his bedroom wall. To a hook Mm -hmm. in his bedroom? If, like you have a, before.
2: if you have a hook in your bedroom wall, no good is going to come of that.
3: Well, he explained to cops that he suspected this former escort had tampered with his laptop to obtain nude photos of himself from an earlier meeting between the two. So he got angry. And is having the hang of my hook. Yes, he beat him. <laughs> because he We shouldn't those, be laughing he, at that. He was so smug and lying, saying it wasn't me. Yes, he struggled a bit, but he realized I wasn't messing around. This right. is Boy George admitting this? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm picturing him singing it all too, you know.
3: He told the court, uh, "Let's see. Oh, where's the best line of this here? Oh, the singer of mystery. In the interview. He didn't intend to do any more with him, except for hanging him up from a hook and beating him, because killing him wouldn't have done my career any good. <laughs> not like this, which is a one-way ticket to Fameville. Uh, is there a uh, yes? I really
2: want to hurt you.
3: Um there uh, probably is, but I don't have it. Right,
2: we're not going to traffic it that, I suppose. All right." <coughs> I get this uh, scratchiness in my <laughs> throat. I mean, does it Ew. seem like that
3: dust suddenly?
2: I was fine until about 10 minutes ago. Now you hear I've got that little bit of a... It's a you know it's like? a, But it's like a, it's like a dry... I always say it's almost like a popcorn seed is in the back. Of your, or like a popcorn husk is in the back. Of your, it's like a, it's like I was eating some Gardetto snack mix and just a tiny, tiny piece of a pretzel is still in the back of my throat. That's what it's like. It's not like phlegm or whatever. It's just like a, like a dry sort of a thing.
3: Mm-hmm. All
2: right. And see, I don't know if that can be fixed by the Roomba. Unless it's dust. Uh, might okay. be dust. Put
3: Roomba down my throat.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, anyway. Should I read this D.B. Cooper story, or should I believe
2: it? Oh, well, let's read it because it, it was last, you know, the anniversary is last week, so it's going to be even more wa- dated if we wait, so we might as well read it. It's crap, probably.
3: The Arab Desert of the Southwest seems like the last The place. Arab <laughs> Desert? Desert. <laughs> yes, the, the Arab, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it could be an Arab Desert if any Arabs lived there. Well, it seems like the last place that anyone would be searching for the most infamous criminal from the Northwest. But that's what Tom K. is doing in a matter of speaking in his lab just north of the Mexican border. One of the things that's my specialty is I look at the effects of long-term burial by things living in the ground like bacteria. He normally digs up dinosaur bones for Seattle's Burke Museum. He volunteered to examine some of the tattered loot from D.B. Cooper. For the first time, the bills are examined under a powerful electron microscope. As we zoom in, the first thing that's noticeable are the fibers from the bill. Tiny bits never seen before come to life. As you get closer, you see small particles. They pass... Well, we all know... (laughs) This is
2: really gripping. It really is. There are particles in these bills.
3: Uh, We have absolutely found things that shocked us when we first looked at those bills. It's my personal opinion that most of everything we've heard from my witnesses and the people involved is wrong. Drumming up new leads from places other than Dusty Cooper files and FBI stories. And it's just continu- the story continues to bore me. Jesus, is, is there any, I'm, I'm not blaming you, of course. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just reading what's
2: was this some journalist who was do. desperate to find a D.B. Cooper story last week and they found some, some jerk in a lab somewhere? To, uh-huh. What is the upshot of the story? Is, what is the new, are there new leads? No. Well, thanks so much. I'm not <laughs> blaming you, really. I'm not. I, and I asked you to read it, so you did. no one but myself. one made him. All right,
3: I got nothing. Well, right. that's all. I is.
2: Oh, but so by the way, just to the final, final note, though. And I don't know if I have time to talk about that. I, maybe I should wait till tomorrow to tell this part, the story. How interesting is it? I don't know. It's moderately interesting.
4: Well, should we do that or should we do the tranny talk?
2: Oh, we should do tra- tranny talk with with Ricky and Richie. Uh, we should do that because we have those tickets to give away, and we've got some calls here. All right, I'll save the other part of it. It's not that interesting, but it's moderately interesting. I'll, yeah, say, I'll save it for tomorrow. Uh, we'll do these calls first. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir or madam, as the case may be. Hello.
7: It's a Mad. Well, a miss.
2: Hello. Madam. Hi. How are you?
7: I'm good. Yeah, you I'm don't good. want to call
2: yourself a madam.
7: No, this is our lady of perpetual aggravation out here in Aloha.
2: And um, how are you today?
7: I'm good. I'm good. It, it's a report card writing day, and so I get a chance to listen to the show all the way through. Oh,
2: you are a uh, you are a teacher of the youth. I am, uh, yes. What uh, What age kids do you teach?
7: Uh, it's elementary school and it's second language learners. Uh, I'm the one who brought you Saint Genesis.
2: Oh, oh yeah. So this is Michelle, right?
7: It is. Tell me, yes. I don't
2: remember stuff. Uh, it brought me a Saint Genesius, like a like a thing and a card and a printout and a whatever. Saint Genesius, yeah. who was the patron saint of uh, actors, lawyers, uh, actors, lawyers, comedians, Comics, and, wh- yeah. and whores. Okay. Swear to God, and prostitutes. <laughs> Actors, lawyers, beggars, and whores. Well,
7: you know, it's not much of a stretch, because if you figure Mary Magdalene, you know, was the first one to see Jesus on Easter morning, not true. his beloved mother. Hey, anyway, that's a good
2: point, actually. What is that about?
7: Well, we don't have enough time. I
2: mean, that Jesus had, you know, he could have summoned anybody. He could have summoned his mom. That's right. Uh, but no, instead, but it's mom, some woman no. who may or may not have been a hooker.
7: Okay. Wow. Well, okay. But I'm calling in that same vein, okay, St. Anthony, patron saint of lost items, Tell I thought that was Saint this.
2: Jude. Oh, it's lost causes.
7: No, that's lost causes. There's a patron
4: so, saying of lost items?
7: Yeah, the St. Anthony yes. thing. We would always say
4: that yes. when I was little to the, the dear St. Anthony be around, something's lost that must be found.
7: St. Anthony, St. Anthony, take a look around. Something is lost and it can't be found.
4: I never
2: heard that as a Catholic. Mother
7: of God. Hey, and you know, I was Sorry? a little irritated. Do you, you did you get a
2: Catholic school by chance?
7: No, no, okay, I was in public. Right. public. All right, public, yeah. But the, I, I want to apply for yeah. the intern of, um, confraternity of all things Catholic because you went on the host thing last week about where they're made and does right. holy water come from Rome? Mm-hmm. And I was rolling my eyes going, Oh Lord. So you
2: want to be like our go to Catholic? Yeah,
7: I think you need yeah. a go to ga- Catholic person. You okay. know, you need to have a go to reference, you know.
2: <laughs> okay, can I? Well, at the risk of just putting you on the spot almost immediately, and I'd forgotten all about this. <laughs> All I right. have this, it's I,
7: all right. I was a trained catechist.
2: Well, I did prepare children. I almost don't even know that I want to ask this question. Okay, because well, Because it, it seems like it might open up a whole long discussion that maybe we don't have time for. Fine. I will. Okay, I'm going to ask you this, though. Fine. My wife and I were doing Christmas decorations. Right. Uh, we were doing Christmas decorations uh, this weekend, and I was hanging up the lights and you know, the whole yes. thing.
0: Yes.
2: And we were playing uh, the, the, the Frank Sinatra Christmas album, as we do every year. Okay. Every year when we're hanging up decorations, we do two things. We play this album, Christmas. Uh, we play this album, Christmas remixed, which uh-huh. is classic songs that have been redone re- by like modern DJs. And okay. then it's followed up with a Jolly Christmas from Frank Sinatra, okay. which is my favorite Christmas album. Okay. And Tim is uh, giving his his I, Ascent.
3: I just put it back on my iPod. It's
2: my a great iPad. record. And okay. I was listening to the first Noel. And the first Uh Noel is the song that says, Born is the King of Israel, right? Right, 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 right. Okay, and I asked this question of Lara, who, you know, was raised Mormon, but still. uh, (laughs) She's not all bad. You know, uh, I I said... They
7: have their own miracles. They have flying seagulls and stuff like that. Ask her about that, the the seagull miracle.
2: But anyway... So I asked her, I said, okay, uh, Noel, Noel, Born is the King of Israel. And I said, why... This is Jesus we're talking about. I said, why are they, in the song, is he referred to as the king of Israel that's just weird like that that would be like saying born is the king of belgium like why is he only the king of one country
0: oh well,
7: because he was the Messiah, the one that was coming to liberate the Jews and everything and, and bring his new kingdom. The king of Israel liberated from the Romans it would be right off the top of my head.
2: But that's when was the first Noel written? That's a modern song. That's not a song well, from like a thousand you know, you years gotta, ago. Okay,
7: and you got to remember Noel is, is a French word and everything like that. Right. It probably had to do more with the lyricism and everything and rhyming.
2: It's just, but, it, it seems odd, because it seems like if you were to ask Jesus, he would say that he is the king of all people everywhere. That right, it's not so he's what, not like the king of France.
7: Okay, so what would rhyme with world? Born is the... Here's
2: the thing. thing. No, no, no. I tell you what would oh. rhyme. Born okay. is the king of... It's even the same number of syllables. Born is the king of everything.
7: Born is the king of everything. Well, you, wouldn't, you, look, okay. you wouldn't
2: say born is the king of Canada, because that's oddly specific, and yet king right. of Israel. Canada
7: wouldn't well, around that. okay. And it's just weird. <laughs> Born is the king right. of everything. Yeah. You're right. Born is the king of... Uh, he's only the king you
2: know. of one country. Everywhere else, he's just sort of an no, honorary, no, it was you know... more like
7: a region. It was more like a region. But we got to figure out when... Born the is the king of the south. Regional Jesus? Seriously. Regional Jesus, because... And if you talk to Laura, okay, probably the United States, North America, haven't been saved yet, so... But, I mean, you wouldn't... I mean, don't I'm kidding, you think I'm it's kidding. odd? i I hope you don't get a hundred calls about that. I'm just saying. Yeah, it is odd. <laughs> All right, well, it there you
2: go. Odd. All it right. is
7: odd. All right. We got to right. wrong. We for Chanty Talk. But right. Anyway, okay. So St. Anthony, St. Anthony, take a look around. Something is lost and it can't be found. Go into the garage, suck it up, man up. And oh, by the way, I'll just leave you with this. Be happy that you're, you don't have a garage in Baghdad where they have sand, spiders, that follow you because they want to hang out in your shade, and they're about as big as your hand. Uh,
2: Sarah's mom. Hey, uh, we, we uh, okay. Michelle, thank you so much. We do have to run. Thank you for the okay, call. Bye, hon, All bye. Right, uh, real quickly, do you have that? Do you want to tell a story about your mom oh, no, and the well, spider? I
4: was, I was visiting my parents this weekend, and uh, no. my mom was like, "All right, yeah, go downstairs, hang out." She's like, "But whatever you do, don't use the downstairs bathroom." I'm Like, why? Well, was going on? Because I thought maybe my dad was brewing beer or something. Right. And she's like, "I've just given it to the spider." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And I guess there's this giant spider that lives in the bathroom sink, and she said she can't see the whole thing, but she can just see a few of its legs sticking out of. The the drain uh, and wiggling uh, and they're huge and so she's like screw that i'm never going in that bathroom again so she hasn't been in the bathroom given like it to months. the spider she gave the bathroom to the spider have so you s- just sitting in there half in the drain with it uh, like sticking it's uh, legs out, touching the porcelain
2: have you seen that photo it's like from ah. phoenix it's from phoenix where it's like a wall clock you know like a big round wall clock and like there are spider legs just the spider legs because it's back there for the warmth and you just see the spider legs sticking out but it's like one like sticking out at it, like the three, and the other one at like the seven.
4: No, <laughs> like imp- I have to find that right now.
2: Seriously, sp- Google like spider wall clock. Oh,
4: I'm itchy. All
2: right, let's. Uh, who wants tranny talk? Who oh boy, to- Tim, are you leaving or you staying? Going to prepare more news. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley, the greatest newsman in the history of the world, back at four, five, six, and seven. Top of the hour, all the way through, like us. Me too. All right. Did you see the the picture? Yeah. yeah. Think on that tonight while you're trying to sleep.
4: Oh, <laughs> I wish I could have
2: sleep. Yeah, but you can't. Oh, it's closed. Yeah. Hello, Richie. Hello. All right. So we have tickets to give away for your uh tranny talk. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, for your for your performance. All right. So here's what we're gonna do. Uh we'll take caller five right now. Uh to play uh the, 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 the Transvestite Trivia with Richie Bristol. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. 503 503- Seven three three two nine seventy, And I'll just do this live on the air. We'll take caller 5. While we're waiting for that to go out over the air, Richie, because of the delay, uh, describe for people what this event is and where they can get tickets. Uh, It's uh, presented by Taboo Video, which you can get your tickets at all three locations, MLK
1: 82nd. And Vancouver, it's Rochelle Crystal and the Lips Cabaret at North Bank, (laughs) December 13th at 8 p.m. Tickets uh, again at Taboo Video, benefiting
2: Martha's Pantry and the Metropolitan Community Church. All right, so there you go. So we'll take caller number five at 503 733 2970. Do you want to break and then do the actual yes. question on the other side?
4: Yes,
0: let's get caller five.
4: All right, we so we'll
2: take caller five here on the other side. We'll uh, we'll do the call and we'll uh, we'll attempt to give away a pair of these tickets to uh, Rochelle Crystal and the Lips, uh, the show on the 13th. Stay there back after this. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Mm-hmm. now we enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day the final segment of the rick emerson show join us tomorrow when our guests will include nita parker from pmz and early we'll have mr skin mr skin a day early tomorrow all right let's take uh, let's see this is uh, we're playing uh, transvestite trivia here for a uh, pair of tickets to see richie bristol as richie bristol is Rochelle crystal uh, in the lips cabaret nice. all right uh, hello sir madam as the case may be who's this
1: this is Al. How are you doing, Rick? How are you doing uh, uh, mm-hmm.
2: Fantastic. Uh, all right, sir. Uh, first of all, let me just clarify this. If you win these, are you, in fact, interested in going to see Richie Bristol's drag show?
3: Definitely. All right,
2: okay. Here you go. Transvestite trivia for you, sir. All right. In the movie Tootsie, in the movie Tootsie, Dustin Hoffman plays a man named Michael Dorsey who pretends to be a woman to get an acting role on a soap opera. Okay. Under what female name does Michael Dorsey perform?
0: I
1: got a big nothing on this one. I would say Tootsie.
2: Uh, It's a fair guess. That's what I said. Fair guess, but incorrect. All right. Thank you for the attempt, sir. All right. We'll do uh, one more here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. How are you today? How are you doing? I am fantastic. All right. Uh, Same question. In the movie Tootsie, Dustin Hoffman's character, Michael Dorsey, assumes the role of a woman to play the role of a woman on a soap opera. What is Michael Dorsey's female name?
5: Uh, Chesty LaRue. <laughs> <laughs>
2: really, I'd like to give you the tickets uh, for panache points there, but no. Sadly, no. All right. Uh, thank you. Thank you can do one, one, one more, movie? yeah. All right. One more here. Uh, all right. Uh, hello, sir. How are you?
5: Uh, no, this is a girl.
2: Hello. Is it Jerry? This is Jerry. All right. Uh, hello, Jerry. All right. In the movie Tootsie, The actor Michael Dorsey goes undercover as a woman to get a role in a soap opera. What is Michael Dorsey's female name?
5: Is it Dorothy?
2: The judges would need a complete answer.
5: Dorothy Dorsey? Dorsey?
2: No, that is funny. Sadly, the answer, Michael Dorsey, is Dorothy Michaels. Uh, You got the first one. You got the, you know, points for... Can I get one ticket? (laughs) Sadly, no. No, but you do have our respect, sort of.
5: Try again.
0: Okay. All right.
2: Thank you. Thanks. All right. We want to thank CNN Radio correspondents Lisa Desjardins and Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, Rick Emerson show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Terry Stillin for AM 970. The Talker in the Newsroom. Tim Raleigh and phones. Reggie Bristol, the Gatekeeper. Dave's in. Web mistress is Bridget from upstairs. And of course, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru Susan. Don't f with me, Reynolds. Like us next. Mike O'Mara show at seven. Thank you for listening. Love uh, purple spiders, and we'll see you all tomorrow at ten for the recap and we'll for the show. Bye now.